Hey, do you want to turn it down? Is it my, uh, I think it was yours. As Stepan Partamian would say. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. TGIM. Good to be with you all. It's five o'clock somewhere. We want to thank Mr. Vartan Garapetian for taking time out of his Monday to be with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, so Vartan is running for Glendale City Council. Guys, uh, a very quick public service announcement before we get into it. Uh, we posted a video today. A lot of you reached out to us. Uh, so ballots should be out as of today. Anybody who is registered to vote, you should have your ballots in the mail, uh, in possession of it. If you don't have it, reach out to uh, reach out to the county and find out you know where your ballot is, when you might receive it, because a month from today is when election day is, and we want to make sure everybody has their ballots and uh, is going to be either voting by mail or voting in person. Again, we, we do recommend voting in person, but if you're not able to vote in person, um, obviously vote by mail. But be very, very cautious as to where your ballot is at all times. There are ballot tracking websites where you register your ballot and you can track it every single step of the way from the moment it leaves your hand to the moment it, it reaches uh, the clerk. Uh, you could track your ballots. Many of you were saying that is it worth uh, trusting mail-in ballots? Is it worth trusting mail-in ballots? Look, at the end of the day, it's a double-edged sword. It all depends on which side you want to fall on. So, With the tracking, let's say if you mail in your ballot and goes in the shredder, you can see that in the tracking system? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm you can hoping. hear it. In <laughs> I mean, you, you hear it until it's, it's, like, it's like the Sopranos. It's like you hear it until it just goes all black. <laughs> so... Uh, there's a lot of information we're going to be sharing uh, with you guys with uh, Vartan. He'll be sharing some information as well. Uh, he was for formerly a council member. Were you a mayor as well? Did you yes, sit in a, yes, I, a former mayor as well? And uh, there's a lot of information we want to you know, bring to you guys and make sure you're all aware of it. And at the same time, Vartan is here to talk about himself and earn your votes at the same time. So uh, before we get into uh, Glendale politics, LA politics, tell us a little bit about yourself first and, uh, and then we'll get into everything else. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, <clears throat> I'll, I like to talk about my family first. I'm, I'm, I'm married. I have three children. I'm, I've been married for 28 years. Uh, 38, big 30, is coming up. And uh, I have three daughters. Uh, they're all soccer players, good students at, at you know universities. They graduated, two of them graduated, and we have our third one who's going to graduate from uh, high school and hopefully go to UCLA or, or USC. Uh, I've done some a lot of work in in uh, in the community as far as the volunteer work in the beginning since early two thousands two thousand one. I joined the Glendale. Adventist Hospitals Foundation Board. I was a Rotary Club member. I coached AYSO for 12 years, you know, so coached soccer for 12 years. I was with DNM Educational Foundation, WTMRN Educational Foundation for 10 to 12 years that we teach uh, Armenian classes every day for two or three hours uh, in different, different schools. And then from there on, I, I got involved in the city politics and not politics in the beginning, but I joined the, the commissions, the city commissions. I served for 10 years uh, in city commissions uh, on design review board. 
Parks and Recreation and uh, Historic Preservation Commission. And from there on, it was kind of a uh, natural transition for me to run for office, and I got elected in 2015 and served until 2020. And one one time mayor, one year I was the mayor, 2017, 2018 I was the, the mayor. What do you do as far as uh, work-wise, obviously outside of... Yeah, that's that's the, that's something I never talked about. I mean, I was on council for five years, never talked about my my profession on the dais, never ever. I mean, we had council members that they bank their uh, profession or what they do every time, every every chance they had. But I never talked about. It. I'm I'm a I'm a, a realtor. I'm a, a broker. I have my own company. Uh, we do a lot of commercial real estate. We represent uh, investors in purchasing office building, industrial places. Uh, you know, different different kinds of real estate, uh, commercial real estate. Basically. And you don't only focus in Glendale, right? You focus all mm, all over. Yeah, most of my work when I we moved here from uh, Bay Area, uh, Northern California, Marin County. Uh, lived there for fifteen years. Then moved here in '99. And when I got here, there were so, so many real estate agents in Glendale. As if I there was, isn't now. Uh, there is, there is, but <laughs> there was a lot more at that time, and uh, market was hot, and and. Um, I I decided to start my work elsewhere when I started working in, in Southern California. And most of work, my work was east of Pasadena, San Gabriel Valley, San, San Bernardino County, uh, Riverside County. I've done a lot of work over there, especially industrial and, and commercial work. And yeah, I do some, some work in Glendale. You know, it's a natural thing that we have so many friends and family members and clients that they live in Glendale. Everybody wants to be in Glendale or Burbank, you know, Burbank. Glendale, Pasadena, that's the tri-city that everybody wants to be in. But yeah, most of my work, uh, you know, that's been good to me has been outside Glendale and in uh, east of Pasadena. And you you said you were council member from 2015 until 2020. And you, did you remind me again, you ran in 2020 again, correct? Yes. And at this time in 2020, there were three seats available. Obviously, COVID had taken place. Uh, voting was a little bit more different than it is today. It was more in-person rather than pushing the mail-in ballots, uh, which is why we had the concern from a lot of people about the trust with mail-in ballots. Um, three seats were open at the time. Many, 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 many people uh, were actually gunning for you. And uh, I believe Aran Najarian was another one that they were... No, no, not Aran Najarian. I'm sorry. It was uh, you, Vrej, that they were gunning for. And... No, the, that 2020, uh, there were three seats, and it was me. There were Artie and three or four other. Uh, Who was the other conservative that was running at the same time? Remind me very quickly. Conservative? There was none. There was none. Yeah. You're talking. Maybe I'm, I'm mixing it up with the other <laughs> no, one where you weren't the same, because you, you, you did not run again the year that... Uh, uh, Brotman, Elena Saterian, and no, Arna Jarin no. were running. That election, I uh, I submitted my papers. And you retracted it? And I retracted Why? It. Well, I'm not in the business of running and making others lose. And um, there was a sitting council member who wasn't going to run. Uh, he didn't serve his papers, uh, filed his papers at that time. And uh, when I did, 
uh, he called me up and said, well, I want to run. If we all run, it's not going to happen. We're all going to lose. And uh, if you don't run this time, uh, I will support you next time. So I did. I showed my good faith. And again, I was not in a, I've never been in a business of running to uh, screw up the elections, basically, in general, you know, because timing is everything, has to be right, you have to be ready. And uh, I did my, my, my share of being a team player, basically, and good faith. And I withdrew my papers at one o'clock on the deadline, the day of deadline of the nomination period. And uh, the council member submitted his at three o'clock, basically. So, so if you hadn't retracted, he couldn't have submitted his? Oh, no, he could have. Oh, he, he could, could have. have, yeah. But he hadn't done it until that time. <clears throat> mm, I see. So, no, anybody can pick up papers. You know, what did Muhammad Ali say? Anybody with a good heartbeat and two fists can fight? Same thing with elections. Everybody has a right to run. Everybody can pull papers and collect 100 signatures, uh, fill out your application, submit it, become, you know, you get certified and you can run. Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali hadn't met the liberals of today. <laughs> I mean, what you're saying, I mean, I'm all for it. You're absolutely right. Timing is impeccable because if you were able to pull your or retract your campaign at the time in good faith to a fellow colleague, a lot should be done in this year's election as well because it's a very, very important year of election. And for those of you that know, there's a lot going on with the Democratic Party, with the Conservative Party, and where the city is headed towards. Um, It's unfortunate that, you know, we have individuals running for city council who are probably completely off their rocker at this point. Uh, One of them being Karen Kwok. We've reached out to her multiple times to invite her to sit down with us and um, zero responses. Not even Uh, a quack? Not even a quack. But uh, Mm. I mean, I I think you've sat down with her at these dioceses, right? And I mean, what is is your kind of uh, intel on her? Because some of the questions that these people ask her, I mean, is someone like that even fit to run for council? So before you answer that, did you, did that individual that you retracted your application for, did they end up winning or no? No. no. Um, they didn't keep their promise either, so. Uh, that answered, that answered my I know, question. I know where you were headed towards. You were, you were headed towards yeah. somebody else. Yeah. No, I'm just cu- curious if, uh, if the retraction was worth it. If that individual had won, then. Because no, we always talk, yeah. Because we always talk about it, right? Why do we have so many Armenians running? Why don't they just take turns so that we make sure every election cycle we we're represented? Uh, yeah, we're represented, and that that was kind of sounds like the case in this situation where I I I uh, again I withdrew my papers and two of the three got elected, mm-hmm. and uh, this time. I, I can't do the same thing over and over again. So I was ready to go because since the 2020, I was, you know, getting ready for 2024. Yeah. And um, done my legwork. I've done my, you know, shaking hands and 
meeting people and everything you have to do before you get ready for it. You can, you just cannot get up and run tomorrow. It's very difficult. It is difficult to run uh, an election, especially when your opponents can raise four or five hundred thousand dollars against you. Especially if special interest groups from the outside the city come in and pour hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars in the election against you. So it's very difficult to get up and run. As far as Karen Kwok, I don't know her personally. I met with her when I was on council and uh, she started uh, a group called Tenants Union, Glendale Tenants Union. She started that union. She, I believe there were like few of them. She was one of them. She, she always says that she started it, but I'm taking her word for it. I see. So I met with them at that point about rent control. And this is about, what are we, 20, 24, about eight, nine years ago. It was 2015, 2016. And people who came and they were asking for rent control, they were all young. Like when I was your age, I was just ripping it. I was working two, three jobs. I was making money. I was, the last thing on my mind was rent control. I mean, why are you asking for rent control? Because she, she had an interview done in 2020 before the elections because she ran last time too. And in that interview, she, she mentioned that she was born in Korea. She moved to Hawaii and she went to one of those top-notch schools and Boston, and then she came to Glendale and said Boston was a racist town. And when I moved to Glendale, it was even more racist. And um, and I'm like, where are we going with this? Thing? Yeah, you she know? mentioned something I remember. Uh, she said that you know she lived in a town in Boston where she would constantly be she was constantly spat at. And then she says, when I moved to Glendale, I realized that Glendale is more racist than Boston. Yeah, which spat at. Oh yeah, people would spit at her. That's a, that's a. So that's a hard that, target, man. In general, in general, I think. Oh, we could we could play the video. We could play the yeah. audio if you'd like. She was yeah. she literally mentioned that, and yeah. to me, the first thing that crossed my mind was if people are spitting at you in Boston, and you're saying Boston's a racist town, and then you say Glendale is even more racist, yeah. and then she brought up Glendale previously being a sundown town and all that stuff. Right, so right. it's like, dude, she's also on. for the defund the police program and all that. Correct. She, she, Where do you stand on that, Vartan? Well, before we do, let's let's stay on the topic of right. uh, of the whole rent control thing that you were mentioning. Yeah, they were they were they were asking for rent control, and uh, there is a rent control currently statewide in Glendale. We we came up with the right to lease ordinance that was fair to landlords as well as the tenants, and uh, but what they wanted was really unreasonable. They said even if the unit is vacated. You cannot clean it up and lease it market rate. You have to keep the old rent with maybe one or two percent increase. And I'm like, how can I go to a, a property owner? Property owner that they worked all their lives. They they didn't go on fancy vacations and and they didn't buy expensive cars. They saved their money and bought a six units. And now they're living on that on that income. Tell them that now I'm sticking my hand in your pocket, right, basically. Yes, we had landlords that they came, investors that they came from outside Glendale. They purchased large properties, kicked everybody out, jacked up the rents, and, and sold the properties. But 95%, 97% of mom and pop owners in Glendale, they don't, they don't increase their rent 20%, 15% a year. They, it's like... If you look at the stats, it's like five, six percent a year, England, the average yeah. increase. So, 
how can I, how can I just go to them and say, no, right now I am in this power position and I'm going to put a, a lid on your investment and your livelihood and your future, basically. And they were very upset about it. I said, no. And there was another gentleman who was 25 and he was asking for rent control. I mean, if you are 80 years old, you're a senior citizen, you're disabled, you have only one income or the husband and wife, you have two incomes and your, your social security checks, you know, don't increase. I understand the life gets more expensive and you're struggling. That's why we concentrated on affordable housing for seniors a lot more than anything else. We built, uh, when I was on, we built 43 units, uh, affordable housing for veterans, 72 units for for artists, because, you know, artists are always struggling financially. Uh, we built 64 units uh, for seniors only. And we also, something that people do not know is we have this very large uh, apartment buildings, low-income housings that seniors live in there, like the one on Kenwood, Jackson, the tall high-rise eight, eight, eight-story, ten-story buildings. When yeah. you say we built, did the city build it or, or right. a developer <laughs> builds it and then they have to allocate X number of units to low-income no. and the city subsidizes the different... How does that work? No, no. What, what happens is the city... The, the, the projects that city was involved, we purchased the land and we give them the land for free for them to build affordable housing. Mm. So they keep the rents affordable and the, the, the rate of the rents are dictated by the state. So instead of paying $2,000 or $2,500 for a two bedroom, for example, they pay $1,400 or $1,200. The rents are very low. Mm. But the ones that I'm talking about the, that were built in the 60s and 70s and 80s, 60s and 70s, they went on Kenwood uh, and Isabel, the tall buildings. Yeah, yeah, I think the all, one near the Glendale Association and the police department, right? Right, yeah. right. Those uh, contracts, when you when you have a developer come in and build a project that you gave the land for, uh, they have a deadline on the, they have a contract with the city. That, that contract has a deadline. The deadlines were up. They could just kick everybody out or turn it market rate at that time. Mm, okay. So we negotiated with them, gave them incentives to keep their properties uh, affordable for another 30 years or 40 years. So that increased the number of affordable units for seniors because it's very difficult to go out and just with these prices to build one. And we also purchased two very large properties, uh, one on Pioneer and uh, Pacific, and the other one is on... Uh, Broadway and Belmont that is in construction right now. That's over 500 units. Yeah. That's going to be portion of it would be for uh, seniors and the other portion will be for young families that are struggling and they're working two jobs. They cannot, they cannot pay this high rent. How do they vent those people? Let's say a family wants to rent that at lower prices. How do they go vet and see if the guy's got two jobs or one? No, there's a, there's an application process. You fill, fill out your application then, uh, there are three different uh, entities that look over all these applications, make sure you, they get your tax returns, your bank accounts, all of your accounts. If you, if you have, uh, if you say, I don't, I don't have a job, for example, or I work for a place, I don't own my own business. If they find out there's a utility bill somewhere in an office building, they go after you and say, who, who that office belongs to? So they go really deep. It's not just the city. city does it. The developer has an obligation as well as the state because they're building the construction funding comes from the state. And uh, 
After that, it's a lottery system. We had seven, 64 units, almost 6,500 people applied for it. And if, if you are lucky enough to, your name pulls out, you know, then if you don't qualify, Next. then they, they have this. So the, the city gives the land for free. Mm-hmm. The state funds the construction. Right. What's the developer doing? Just the developer, they, they build it, they manage it, they maintain it. And currently they have more services, just the building. Uh, for, for seniors, they have mental health. They, when, they, when they propose a project, there's a big team, not just a developer. They have consultants, they have partners that they've done projects, similar projects with developers, and they provide different services for seniors on daily basis, for example. Or uh, if there is a mental health issue, they have people on site on on daily basis. So they provide more than housing. So the city invests in it, and the way it works is it's a 9% tax credit. They call it. There are two systems, a 9% tax credit and a 4% tax credit. 9% is more popular because there's more money for the developers to, to develop. And there are two times a year that you can apply for it. First round goes to Northern California and all the funding that state has goes to Northern California. The second round, all the funding is allocated for Southern California. So the developer who's being awarded those those contracts, they have to be able to get those because everybody's fighting for the same funding basically. They have to be able to get that 9% tax credit and build a project because if you don't, then you have to wait another year. So that's why when you see the same developer builds two projects or three projects in one city, the reason is that they have already that track record that city is confident that they can get that funding to build the project. Otherwise, you wait another year, you may lose the project to someone else at that time. That's so the financial burden on the developer isn't much then? No, they have, they put out some money out of pocket, but they make their development fee, their management fee, their architecture no, no, fee. No, 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 that, that I get. But I mean, as far as a developer paying some, like for example, if I were to purchase a property and develop units on it, whether it's something mm-hmm. small, like let's say for example, five units, six units, seven units. Right. Uh, I purchase a property, I'm paying payments on it, I'm paying interest on it, I'm paying property tax on it. There's a lot of fees that goes into it. And obviously there's architectural, engineering, and then obviously dealing with the city of Glendale's building and safety, which we'll get into as well. But review board. There, yeah, all, all that stuff as well. This concept as far as developers and investors. So the city owns the land, the state funds it, and the developer comes in and kind of oversees the project from my understanding. So the property tax is paid by who then? They 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 pay the taxes, but who's they? The developer. The 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 way it's 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 structured is the rents are there's a structure to how the rents would be and after the rents are paid that they have a small share of management fee after everything is paid the most of these developers they think 200 years down the road it's not for tomorrow or 50 years there are groups that they have maybe 15,000 units. But I mean, eight. if the city owns the land... No, the city, everything goes to the developer. Everything goes to the gift developer. They give the land right. to the developer. They don't it's, keep it's, the land. Right. All <clears throat> comes down to what kind of a contract you have, but there are developers that their grandfather started it, and they have fifteen or 20,000 units, eight, 9,000 are market rate already free and clear because that contract, 
deadline has passed. Wow. Uh, so this is this is something that uh, they their vision is different than than us. Basically, they 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 look at fifty years, hundred years, two hundred years down. The road. Generational wealth. That's it. What What are your personal thoughts on the rent control thing? Because I mean, like you said, Glendale, Burbank, Pasadena, right? The tri cities that you mentioned earlier. I mean, you're you're buying an eight unit today. What's an eight unit cost? At least four million. Easily, yeah. Yeah. Right, four million. Your your payment is you're going to be negative. Well, yeah. I mean, just so, I mean, just your just your property tax alone. I mean, the rent won't, the rent won't cover it. Just well, property tax alone is going to be four thousand a month, right? Yeah, but I mean, on an on a on an annual basis, I mean, again, it all depends on what the what the rents are as well. So, well, a two bedroom, let's say it's for instance thousand square feet, eight units, eight thousand square feet total, right? If you're paying four million dollars for it, um, you can collect what twenty five hundred rent. On an on an average two bedroom twenty five hundred is yeah is average. Okay. But here's the thing: let me before you get into mm-hmm. that, there was a property on Elm Street a while back. the The rents on that particular it was a seven unit. The rents mm-hmm. on that particular property were undervalued. Some of the people had, that had been there for years were paying eight hundred fifty nine hundred dollars. There was another uh, tenant on it, and these are two bedrooms. There was another tenant that was paying like eleven hundred dollars. So, well below market value. The owner unfortunately passed away. Uh, the son inherited the property, and the son was like, "There's a bunch of maintenance on this property that I have to do. I have to bring it kind of uh, up to par as far as the condition. I don't want to deal with this. Uh, I just want to kind of live, live my life. Let me sell it." So he put it on the market to sell. At the time, I forgot how much it was, man. I think it was like two point something million. Nobody touched it. Nobody touched it because every single developer that was coming in or investor that was coming in was saying. It doesn't make sense for me to dump in over $2 million into this project when the rents are $800, $900 a month. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to what you were saying, it all depends on what the what the actual rental income is. And well, if it's worth going through the headache of evicting a tenant, renovating it, and then putting it back up to lease again. Because it's all Well, money. technically, right? A commercial, that's a commercial property, Multi-resident is technically commercial. Over right? four units is yes. Yeah. Yeah. So units. an eight unit, technically, you're buying it. The price should be based on the rent you're collecting, right? Because it's an income property. They don't. The bank looks at the bank is going to pay you or lend you the money based on the rent you collect. Correct. That hence the reason why a lot of people can now you have a very large down payment that you have to be putting in, which is to qualify of because course. the rents are so low. Exactly. So that's why. I'm trying to understand in that case how with the rents being low and rent control and all that, you pretty much can't do what's called the add value, right? Where you come in, you like you said, you evict them, you renovate it and, and increase it to current market value. What's, what's the incentive, incentive for, for to anybody to buy well, anything here? There are people who park their money in these properties and they're not looking to make money to live off of basically first five years 10 years they buy it for their children so they know they cannot increase the rent 
to bring it up to market rate in a year or two. But they they think about it, you know, they consider five years plan, eight years plan, ten years plan. They think if I have this extra money, should should I put it in the bank because dollar loses its value or put it in a property that holds its value? And it's a supply and demand issue. There is not many apartment buildings in Glendale for sale. And when it comes on the market, if it's in a good location, you know, Glen Oaks and above, they they pay. Uh, it doesn't make any financial sense today because they pay half down, fifty percent down. They're still in in the, in the red, but they keep it because of other income. They they use the deductions or what have you, and uh, they remodel it one by one or what have you. And little by little, they increase the rent six percent or seven percent, five percent, four percent, and just increases their 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 uh, cap rate basically. But today, when you look at the price of a, a unit in an apartment building it doesn't make sense it's 400 450 thousand dollars it, it's never been this high but because there is not enough inventory because people you know there's nothing else to purchase they're buying it and there is i i can't i don't own apartment buildings i i'm a bad land i can't be a landlord so but uh it's the model of their business. They buy it and hold it for 20 years, 30 years, and then the, the property values go up, and that's how they make the money. Have you, have you gotten into developing properties as well, or just the broker part of it? No, my 95% of my work is brokerage. I never built any any residential units. Uh, I did some work, our own projects, basically, in, uh, again, East of Pasadena, but nothing nothing residential and bread and butter of our business is brokerage yeah representing buyers and sellers buyers and sellers so your 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 final thoughts as far as on rent control is it free market basically at this point let the free market take its course it's not because uh state has a rent control already which is seven percent seven percent plus cpi it's like ten percent yeah but yeah, market market will dictate if the rents have to go up. And right now we have some vacancies. We see some vacancies that's not being rented as quickly as like three years ago or four. Before and then COVID. that's when negotiations start. Wait, that's but right. do you yeah. guys think those vacancies have to do with the uh, what the uh, what's been asked of the people trying to rent? As yeah. far as yeah. uh, the requirements to rent today are extremely difficult. Well, everything everything is relevant. Uh, the, if the rents are really high. If you're trying to rent me a unit that was built in 1980s, has two parking, has air conditioning, and you want me to pay $3,000, I would tell you, why do I? Why would I rent from you? I would go rent one of those units in, in uh, on Central Avenue, maybe Altana. a little smaller. Well, whatever. Maybe it's a little smaller, but they're brand new and they have more amenities. So it's if you keep providing housing, uh, it will stabilize the market and and the prices will stay plus but right now the cost of construction the fees that are being charged is so high and ridiculous yeah i don't know who can build you know you want to build 10 units your uh city fees are about three hundred thousand dollars it's it is all supply and demand and you could see this whether it's you're buying property or you're renting property there have been multiple cases where i've represented for example a tenant and we've gone to a property They've looked at it, they've liked it, and they say, you know what, let's see what the next one looks like, and I'll compare it to this one. They'll look at that one. Oh, let me see what the other one looks like. And at the end, they'll make a decision based off of 
whatever they saw. And when they put in their application and you explain to them that, look, this one has multiple applications, you may have to go over. That's when they think they say, okay, what did this one have that the other one didn't have? That one doesn't have multiple applications, but this one does. Well, there's a reason why behind it. It's all comparing. It's all comparing and contrasting. And it's the same thing with, uh, with the purchasing market, with the rental market and all that stuff. If you put your hands into the cookie jar and start messing around with things, it's gonna. It, it's not. It's just not going to end well. It, so, it, it it's going towards more of a socialistic feature rather than free capitalism. But or free market. You, you and Vartan are both in the real estate market. I mean, real estate agent, broker, commercial, residential. If you had the money that you needed to invest today, would Glendale be the city you would invest in? If you define if you had the money. You have a half a million behind you right now. Okay. Would you be investing in Glendale? Why wouldn't you? I'm asking you. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Glendale is a great city to invest in. If So you I think mean, your return of- in Glendale at the rates that it's at today is worth still investing in Glendale? Depends what kind of property. If I, if I wanted to invest in Glendale, I would go after industrial properties. Your appreciation Which value don't exist, though. Yeah, you're <laughs> well, very little. Yeah, it's supply and demand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he means. Yeah. It's all supply and demand. I, I wouldn't. I, I've never been. A, that's why I don't sell houses. But, you know, I, I'd never been a, a residential type of. It was not in my blood. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. So you can commercial. help yourself seeing people just destroy themselves. <laughs> No, no, I mean, define destroy themselves. No, what do you mean by no, that? No, if, no. You're, if your mortgage payment is six, seven, eight, nine grand, man, I feel bad for you, bro. Yeah. That's I just mean, my take. There are so many, so many, six, seven, eight. seven, eight, nine, yeah. whatever. That's a big margin. So, that's, yeah. no, actually, that's a bargain today. What are you talking <laughs> today, about? Today, yeah, you're right. Six, seven, eight thousand. <laughs> okay, I guess I got to say it this way. I'm glad I bought when I did. <laughs> Let's talk about the lectures, guys. <laughs> yeah, real estate, real bro. Estate well, no, the reason yeah. we're talking about nah, real estate market is for, for people to also kind of understand where you come from. Because rent control and the real estate uh, market is, is a big component of the city of Glendale, right? People move here yes. because, well, it's an expensive city, so technically it's supposed to be safer and it's supposed to be cleaner, better schools, better everything, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. why... Uh, Anybody that can afford to, they move to the Glendales and the La Canyanas and the Pasadenas. Of, sure. of they, they don't move to Oakland. If That's somebody, right. you know, they don't move to uh, Lancaster. I mean, nothing right. against these cities, but if, peop- if people can afford, they'd rather live in Glendale versus Palmdale. That's right. That's right. At the end of the day, more opportunity, um, safer city, safer city, accessibility, every, everything. Yeah. Um, but. But ultimately, like a lot of our viewers are saying, is it's just becoming more and more difficult to afford to live in Glendale. Because even what you mentioned earlier, to qualify for a $3,000 a month rent, I've seen, because some of my employees have uh, <clears throat> asked me like, oh, I need, uh, you know, pay stubs or whatever. Uh, employment letter. Yeah. Crazy. And I see the letter. It's like asking for 3X, 3X yeah. the rent for them to make. So a $3,000 a month rent, they're supposed to make nine grand a month. Yeah. Who makes nine very, grand a month? Very to, small to, to amount pay of people 3,000 rent. I don't understand. Like, how are they supposed to qualify? It's ridiculous. Well, that's what happens. Is Or you got to be on the other end. I'm sorry to cut you off, but, or you got to be low income and hope for the best. 
Because you go through those centrals, those new buildings you guys are talking about, can we figure out what percentage of that is under low income and people from other cities are pouring into Glendale and getting those units? I have yet to see one young or me and man get a lower, uh, low income housing on central. I don't think it exists. Those those young men that are living in there are the guys that are paying three grand, thirty five hundred a month. Yeah, for the same That's unit next high, to yeah. them, someone from out of the city comes and gets it for eight hundred bucks. Where's the logic in all this? Who's behind this? Well, um, again, we agree. This is this is a, a program right now. When I was on, we introduced inclusionary housing, which means if you build apartment buildings after a certain number of units. You have to provide 15%, 11 to 15% affordable housing within your project. Why? Because they were getting incentives to build more units. So, so this comes back to the inclusive bullshit, in a sense. Well, no, inclusionary housing is not inclusive. It's, 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 it's I don't, okay, it's, I'm it's not a real estate guy, no, no, but I want to understand the meaning behind it. Let, let me just try to explain it. In order for the city to comply with their regional housing needs assessment, which is called RENA numbers, every city has to build certain number of affordable housing and market rate on yearly basis because every year that the census is done, every 10 years that census is done, the SCAG, which is Southern California Association of Governments, comes up with numbers and tells every city how many units they are short, basically. And you're obligated to show on your plans that it could be built because you can't force developers to build 10,000 units in the next eight years. You have, but you have to show on your zoning code that there are areas in Glendale that are upzoned and you can build. So in order to do that, they upzone downtown area to provide, to allow more units, but in return, they said you need to provide some affordable housing too. So it's kind of a win-win situation because the, instead of building, I don't know, 50 units, they can build 70 units, but eight of these units, for example, has to be affordable. So that's when you see some people live next door to- I'm okay with the affordable housing, but I yeah. don't see why people from other cities must get those affordable units. Must. It's, it's, it's not about- if it's a must, well, that's where my issue is. No, I understand. The, the must part of it is not in our books yet. It so is it's coming somewhere. It, it's no, no. somewhere. Uh, it's a it's a it's a lottery system. The way we structured it is every city that builds affordable housing first wants it for its own residents, including Glendale. When I was there, I was fighting for all of us were fighting for these units have to be Glendale based residents because we pay the taxes. We we paid it that fund to purchase that land, right? So there is a, a point system that you can create. The state allows it. You say, if you live in Glendale, you get one point, extra point. You work in Glendale or you worked in Glendale, you get another point. So no matter what, your points were always higher than people who applied from outside Glendale. But, but because the funding comes from the state, you cannot say, no, only we are going to take applications from residents of Glendale, but you can regulate how the point system works. So, so even with the point system, it still comes back to me like we could go through Central and go to Altana. And I know I could show you per unit which one is those low-income homes. I, I, you can't not, tell them apart with the door color, no. But 
you can t- say you can tell who's who and like I'll i just want to understand if you guys can show me only one armenian family that got low-income housing on central i'll apologize live I, on the show it doesn't uh, exist right i okay? true no no i i understand your your point but as far as there's developments that they have four units five units six units in them the the developer goes through the process the city overlooks it a council has nothing to do with it let me put it that way council members cannot go sit there and say you know you have to do this or you have to the, the, the laws are set but if you go to any other affordable housing that was built by city's participation 100 affordable like the ones that i told you the the, the art when the artist colony was built 72 units they wanted to there were some council members who wanted to change the code so people you know, I could just bring a, a piece of paper that I drew something and said, I'm an artist and I want to apply. We changed that. We didn't let that happen. So I can promise you about 90%, 95% of people who live in that 72 units that are, it's adjacent to YWCA, they're from Glenda, the residents of Glenda. Uh, same thing with the veterans, 43 units. Same thing with the 64 units on 5th and Sonora. If you go check their applications or go talk to them 90 over 90 percent 95 percent are residents of Glenda or were residents of Glenda. Vartan I have a question for you because yes. we asked Artie the same question and he he kind of deflected it in a certain way maybe you can help us kind of understand this what if for some reason the city of Glendale decides you know what uh we're no longer going to follow the state mandate we're not going to be providing any more housing uh we're the 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 city is overpopulated as it is. Let Burbank, let Pasadena, let all these other neighboring cities worry about building and housing individuals because we're we're beyond overcapacitated. Not only with the grid, because our grid can't take it, oh, our, 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 our power grid can't take it, but we're having now trash and landfill issues. We're having it's traffic traffic issues. We're having utility issues. There's a lot of factors coming into play. So what if the state, the city was to turn around and say, you know what? Screw you guys. We're not building anymore. The state doesn't mandate you to build. The city is not in the business of constructing apartment buildings. But I mean, they talk about, and already mentioned this as well, rezoning certain places in order to... Yeah. Uh, RENA is the Regional Housing Needs uh, Act, basically. You have to show that your zoning allows development and it's not only in downtown if you look at our multi-residential zones like our 1250 zones the multi-residential zones you could find so many properties if you go to this little street salem california wilson they could they could have six units on them or eight, eight units on them but there is a house and a back house right now right when they do the zone study they look at every single property and what the capacity of that property is how many units can be built on that property not that that owner has to build it you have to show on your books yeah i've seen where it's like r1250 r223s or whatever there so if you show that your current current zoning allows the number of units that could be built state cannot touch you because you can't force people to develop right you can't, but if the developer comes, like right now, they approved almost 2,300 units in Glendale on Central, all on Central. One is the Sears 
uh, old Sears location. Yeah, on the Central. one that they want to demolish. <laughs> yeah, and the other ones are uh, North San- North Brand and uh, Sanchez, the freeway. You know, there is like an 858 units and uh, 640 units that's being approved. 858 is already gone through the first phase. The other one is being uh, submitted. The 610 tower one that you're talking about? Yes, yes. So this one is basically, it's 22 floors. This one, 610 towers, right next to the Chase building. No, no, that's that's another one. Okay, so this is another one. one I don't know if you guys saw this one. No. Okay, so there's a there's a development project that they're basically they're looking to sell as well. It's six ten towers. Um, it's twenty two floors. It's two hundred and ninety four units. Right, six ten okay. towers meaning six ten. It's the address. Six ten central north tower. North Brand. Oh, North Brand. Okay. Yeah. So and the one is across. The other ones are across the street. Six eleven and six oh one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So they're they're looking to sell this now, um, and it's sitting on one and a half acres. So where, if you guys know where the Chase building is right off of the 134, mm-hmm. right behind it, there's a big parking structure uh, where that street mm-hmm. kind of turns in. Uh, Maryland. 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 Yeah. So that's where this project is basically proposed. I think this is an approved project already, right? It is look- approved. Uh, the one across the street, the first phase is approved. It's a 32-story Twin Towers on one of them and the second one i don't know how high it is but in total in that block and two blocks uh 2300 plus units are approved so let's talk about the infrastructure traffic power water uh when we tell people don't water your lawn because we are you know in a, in a third drought. Or se- second phase of still second phase of drought uh then there's an issue how are you going to provide water and the, what they did was they Jump the gun, and uh, you know I always talk about these things, and sometimes people, you know, some of the council members they don't like it because they jumped the gun. In, they jumped in front of state and the federal government and passed a law that's uh, called the electrification of of new projects. It means you cannot have gas appliances or furnaces in your project. But with our grid, how are you going to manage it? manage or supply power to all these units. So what happened was that there are a few cities that passed that law and they got sued and Supreme Court, not even, didn't even get to Supreme Court, uh, court of three judges. They struck it down. Now we had to walk back and take that uh, electrification law out of our books. And you know how much time and energy and money and staff time went into these things to get it approved? Tons. And that's why the people's project want to add a restroom to your house or an addition to your house sits there for for months and they don't have planners because people are working on this pie in the sky issues that uh, won't make a difference today in our in our lives and uh, and they're going after they were going after the single families too so if you uh, want to remodel your house and it triggers that 50% plus rule so if you're over 50% of your entire house and they will determine if it's 50% or not. You have to electrify everything. You cannot use your services. And the problem is not just changing your, your appliances or your furnace. It's your uh, your meter because your meter has to be replaced. You have to go to 400 amps in order to be able to supply all this electricity yeah. to your appliances. And 400 amps is a big 
big number and the city doesn't have it. And every apartment building today that is being designed, because I talked to a lot of uh, electrical engineers, and they are saying in the in the past, if you build 10 units, for example, it's just an example, every unit you know, would have had 60 amp uh, meters. Just plenty. Today, they have to consider 200 amp per, per unit. unit. And they have oh, to bring the, the main power and plumb it and because they say, what if everyone has an electric car in 10 years? You have to have, you have to be able to supply that. Yeah, and I'm sure and the Grayson power plant's going to hold up for all that shit right now. Not even close. Not even close. See, you were on the board or you were on council at the time the proposal came for the Grayson power plant, right? Yes. To basically uh, give it a, quote unquote, a facelift. Go from gas power to somewhat hydrogen power. Is that what it was going on? No, uh, Grayson is a 75, 80-year-old uh, facility. Burbank, Pasadena have the same same type of power, power plant, plant, but they were very they were smarter than we. Every time an engine was in trouble, they replaced it, so they didn't have to do a major remodel, right? Or ground up facility. They replaced one engine, then they replaced the other engine, so they didn't have to go through all this process and headache to to have a a good power station. Before so, you get into that, what was it? What were the talks about going from natural gas to hydrogen power generators? No, it wasn't natural gas to hydrogen power. We wanted to repower Grayson entirely, right? Because all of our engines. What does repower are, mean? All of all of our engines that they generate power, they're out except one. So they're, they're, out, they're out of in, They're not working. Yeah. They're not working. They are can't they be, like diesel generators? Very, no, they're gas. They use natural gas, but they're very dirty. It's like if you have an old clunker of 1940s, uh, the amount of pollution, the, uh, pollutants that they put in the air. Out of air, natural gas. Yeah. AQMD would not allow you to uh, well, use those units anymore. But it was designed to have uh, an engine that would eventually be turned into hydrogen. It would be converted into hydro hydrogen uh Fuel. fuel not the entire thing maybe 30 percent of it but the beauty of it was when you have five to eight engines there are five or eight 15 or 20 megawatt hour engines right now the ones that we have are 55 megawatt in one engine or 60 megawatt yeah. in one engine so if you needed 20 megawatt you would just turn one on if you needed 40 you would turn the other one on and on and on and it was like the the car engine, turn it on, it's ready to go, right? It's ready to generate power. The ones that we have, it has to work 24 hours, for example, to warm up and start generating power. So <laughs> it is. It is a very old technology. I'm not kidding you. It's a very old technology. It's like turning and, on your car in the middle of the winter. You just wait for right. it to kind of... Remember remember this old diesel? Yeah, you sit in you idle to, until... Uh, press the pump uh, and wait for yeah, the pump to, to heat pull it. And then... it's, like <laughs> so, a, it's like a lawnmower. So yeah, that's it. And 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 this power plant was designed really well to serve this community to generate enough power when we needed. When do you need power? The the hot season, right? The, the summertime, when you are 350 megawatt hour need instead of 110 in winter time. So they killed it. So Dan Brotman came in. They were rioting the streets, rallying the streets with with. Uh, 250, 300 people and 
no more fossil fuel power plants in Glendale. So they came in. That was their slogan. He got elected. Uh, there are other council members. Did he get elected? elected? <laughs> and it's well, a good question. That, you know, it's a good question. We'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. So when he got elected, he realized that everything he was saying was bullshit. Not I true. could say so, for you, Vartan. So he voted for Grayson Power Plant, and he voted for uh, Glen Oaks Canyon Landfill Biogas. Product. So everything that he was advocating for, he went. He voted 180 degrees against it. Ah. So in order to, that's what I was. I, I said this at a forum that we had last uh, Saturday that the promises you make before the election has a lot to do with the policies you make after you get elected. But if they don't line up, they contradict each other. What do you do? You try to cripple your your decision. So what? That's what they did with Grayson. Grayson was 90 megawatt, and I was not happy about that either. I wanted 130 megawatt. Plus we had a 55. Plus we have 40 megawatt from uh, share from Magnolia Power in, in Burbank. Plus we bring, we invested in clean energy outside Glendale that will come in. So we will have enough power in in case of any emergency. So they crippled it. They made it 55 megawatt just to show, yeah, I voted for it, but it's not that bad. And what another thing they did, when you, I'm a, I'm a detailed guy, I go dive into all these documents to find out what's going on in the city. When you pull permits to build that power plant, yeah, there are certain, there's different, several, several permits you have to pull. And one is the air permit. The air permit allows you Pollution, right? You, you release pollutants in the air. And is that from the city or the state? No, there are different agencies, state agencies like AQMD, Air, AR, Air Resources Board, different different agencies, and the utility agencies that they give you the permit to have a utility company. So they, they pulled a 14% to capacity air permit. So even if you can generate 55 megawatt, you can't. You have to only generate 14% of it at any given time. So they crippled this, this power plant and it's costing us $250 million more than what it was. And it's generate, it would be generating one fourth of what we had designed. So if you, if you go follow the money, wouldn't you find out where the problem is? That money that you're talking about, if you follow to where it goes to, you'll find where your problem is, correct? Yeah, you could, but it's it's not it's not as as black and white as you're saying. It I understand sure what you're saying. It but sure is. In general, it's it's really we are going to have rolling blackouts when it, the hot days come. Is Grayson power plant salvageable? I still think it is because look, uh, there are things that nobody talks about or the council doesn't talk about. The state agencies and federal agencies overlook everything over all the all your facilities and the way you run them every city has to have has to be able to generate or purchase or bring enough power and water to their city well see that's the one thing i didn't like you said purchase power or water right if so you can, if we purchase water look our utility bills are already through the roof and let me get to that i will i will explain so it. if we were to purchase power now you know 
Wouldn't it be no. better to bring in a private party or something like an Edison or something instead? No, of no, purchasing that's the worst thing. Let me let me just finish my 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 thoughts and okay. I get to your to your. So what you're saying is basically the same thing Glendale did with their elections. When you give something that you have the rights to, you give that away. You're well. Fine. That's why that's why I asked. No him, matter I said, how is you it salvageable. It is salvageable because the state agency would come in and say. Can you provide enough power or can you bring enough power to your city to serve the maximum load need that you need? The answer is no. They can't even find you a million dollars a day. No, we can. So, you know how we do it. Uh, anytime they turn to us and they say, Rosmoyne residents, uh, Verdugo Woodland residents, Cumberland Heights residents, we want you to shut off your ACs between the hours of two and four. You can't. We'll that. say, fantastic, we'll do it. Let's go ahead and shut off Americana's AC from two to four. Let's shut no, off the Glendale Galleria's AC from two to four. That's not part of the calculation. I understand that. So, but when you have city council members and mayors sitting in office uh, mentioning, you know, electrical vehicles and bicycle lanes and having uh, people shut their powers off and AC off and have a, an idle time from one hour to another, um, sure, I'll do it. When all those development projects that they approved do it simultaneously with me. There, there is no way you can run the city that way. And nobody, we, look, we, we no, are put on this planet no, to Martin, enjoy I life. know, I know you can. You know, we, I'm, I'm being sarcastic we, about no, it. I know, I know. We, we, we don't have to go through this. We don't. We just don't have to go through this heartache and, and difficulties, especially with the water as well. We don't. It, there is enough water for everybody look at look at the look look at what's going on today but as far as power goes we have we bring power because you have to have uh clean energy on your portfolio based on mandate right state's mandate we have two two transmission lines 100 megawatt in north 100 megawatt in south if one of them goes down you don't have you don't have enough power generating ability to serve your community and that is a problem so we, we can salvage all of it. And there has to be a will. And uh, the city, none of the, the staff or, or the GWP people wanted this, but it was forced on them by the city council. And everyone gave in to uh, Dan Brotman and the mayor. And, and Because 200 people protested? <sighs> yeah, a city of 240,000 people, look, we, we gave in to 300. No one no, cares about the protesters. No, oh, the, 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 when you look at the council meetings, people who are the loudest are being heard first. And no one on the other side calls in or shows up and speaks. You're talking about projects like bicycle projects. Look at Virugo Wash project. They want to build 10 miles of elevated concrete uh, platform inside the Verdugo Wash to turn it into a, a green project for uh, people to walk and bike. And there is no way in this world you can build that or you can fund it. It's a $6 billion, billion dollar project with today's money. But they're spending $6 million to study it. And all the just to study money, it? Yes. So and, why don't they just use that $6 million for Ellen's uh, idea of building parks in between the buildings on Central? What happened to that green project? You have is to that ask still happening? Them. You have to ask them. But but the know. issue is... Uh, I remember it was a beautiful said, project. These are grants that was brought by, I don't know, Laura Friedman to, to the city to study this project. But the first of all, the wash doesn't belong to the city. It belongs to uh, L.A. County. And 
Corps of Engineers, they, they manage and maintain the, the wash. There is no way they're going to let you drill holes inside the wash to build that platform, to put your pillars in. You're going to destroy that wash. That's not a, a river. It's not like LA River. It's a flood control channel. And if you, I had a video of it this morning. It was, you could do white, 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 white water rafting in it. So they know it's not going to happen, but it's a popular idea. They're shoving it down to uh, neighbors' throats. Uh, it's, there are several neighborhoods that's going to be affected, and no one knows about it. I just want to know how much these people that are studying this project are getting paid. A lot. $6 million of taxpayers' money. I wonder well, if studies have shown. Dot, dot, dot. Everything that says studies, studies have shown, shown, you know, it's a... Yeah. Well, I want to I know if there's an opening <laughs> for that we study. Need to, I, we need I would to get love some... to sit down and study that. Guys, we need to get to the hard-hitting questions the, soon. I, I, I'm getting there, look, bro. I'm, I'm, let, me, let me tell you this one. Any project that city wants to do, this will be the largest concrete project in England. 10 miles of elevated concrete platform inside a concrete storm water control channel. And uh, first thing you need to do for any project that city is involved is cost-benefit analysis. Cost-benefit analysis will tell you, do you want to do this, this project or not? Every time we ask for it, I've been fighting this since 2015. Every time we ask for it, I never came to council when I was on. After I got, you know, I was after I, I didn't get reelected, Basically, when Dan line. stepped in. Yeah. And every time we ask for cost-benefit analysis, oh, it will come with the study. You can't do the study without that, that cost-benefit analysis first. So you see if that's something that would serve this community or not. How many people in our community and are you going to be able to fund it or not? And there is no... And I asked the people who were really the proponent of this... Uh, project said so you go down from la Crescenta to la river right in this path let's say it's built for not in my lifetime not in my children's life are you going to bike back 10 11 miles back to la Crescenta? uphill no way yeah no way no and way. it's gonna create safety and security issues no it's uh, okay. parking issues uh you know you know what happens with encampments in these areas no but it's okay if you look at santa ana they had the same issue. Their their wash was built kind of it was really wide and shallow, and they had these paths across each side of it. Or LA River, right? You see all these encampments. Santa Ana had but eight hundred encampments, and finally, council said enough. They brought bulldozers, and they discovered eleven hundred stolen bikes in there. That's so much, you know, crime and drug use and everything else. They, they they had to scrape it off. But so, I think Vartan, they have a solution. So basically, after they build it, Ellen and Dan Brotman, for the rest of their lives, are going to give rides up to Lock Crescent together. <laughs> the, uh, Ellen's shotgun in that one. Hi, Ellen. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as city safety is concerned, uh, we had uh, Captain William on the show. He talked mm -hmm. about um, the, the radar cameras that the city of Glendale is going to be enforcing. Right. What are your thoughts on something like that? Is it worth taxpayer dollars going towards something like that? I think this is a pilot program they're having. Beverly has, has about 2,400 of them. They installed it everywhere. Speed cameras. Right. Same, similar cameras, but they use it for a little bit more. Uh, more than speed. More than speed. But 
I, I don't know. My 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 issue is this: uh, we went from fourth safest city to fourteenth today. We are on number fourteenth, not fourth. And the reason is not our police department. The reason is the defund the police movement that started in Glendale in 2020. The the the, the, the mentality, the sentiment, the rhetoric of defunding the police. And they didn't say defund the police, says reimagining the police department, basically. No, that the, the quack lady has been running on defund the police. I understand. I'm talking about the council members who were on the council in 2020. All of them except one jumped on this bandwagon. All of them. And you can watch. And who's that one? Ara. I believe. Except Ara. Uh, you can watch the council meetings before and after the protests that happened in Glendale. You can see the, the push on this reimagining the police department. So what happens is currently we have 245 police officers on our books. It's budgeted for, it's funded for. Only 196 are on active duty. Some of them are due to you know uh, injuries or what have you. But the rest, we have hiring crisis. The people, right now, good police officers are in high demand. When they want to go interview someplace, what do they do? They look at how that council in that city is thinking. If they see that the, the mentality is we don't need a very strong police department or the, the mentality is to defund the police, they don't want to come to. For the first time, this is happening. We never had issues. We were top, top-notch city that everybody wanted to work here. But we're, we're having a hiring crisis. Yeah, we hired few. And you know some, some cities that have more funding, like Santa Monica and Beverly Hills, they, they, they have bonus, uh, signing, signing bonuses. And uh, they go there. But so has Glendale cities. actually um, lowered their annual expenditure for, for, the, uh, for law enforcement for the police department or no? I don't. I don't think they're lowered it, but the, it's not just the money. It's the the mindset that the police department is there for what reason? Some people like uh, Karen thinks that it's it's there to uh, suppress a certain segment of the community, or we we used to have two hundred seventy five police officers, but now we are down to two forty five. And 196. So when the burglary started, we had 17 burglaries in 27 days. So what do what do they do? They pull resources from one end, put it on those neighborhoods, it went down. But when you pull your resources, put them there, somewhere else pop something else pops it pops in here, something else pops over there. It's you're just always trying to catch up. But if you have enough police officers, you can always monitor better, patrol better, and enforce better. So, but does the police department really answer to the city? Or, I mean, when you say Karen, right? Karen, you're Quack. referring to Quack. So, does Captain, uh, Chief Sid answer to Karen Quack? So, because no. if, I, if I, here's how I see it. If I'm interviewing for the Glendale Police Department, I don't know who interviews. I'm assuming maybe some of the captains. They have a panel. They have a process that they have to go through. Whether Karen Kwok is in office or you're in office, how does that affect my willingness or to, to work for the Glendale Police Department if I'm being interviewed by a panel at the Glees? Right. So that's what I'm trying to understand. I, I understand. Okay. Uh, the system 
that we have the charter system that we have. Uh, council members, first thing, some of these council members today, they think they are the law. They think they are running the city or managing the city or they are the enforcer, which is totally wrong. The council initiates policies, makes policies, city manager enforces, implements those policies. City manager is the one who hires all the directors, police chief, fire chief, and directors of every department. But they bring those those hirings to the council to ratify it. So the police chief or fire chief, they're being interviewed, they go through the process, and the city manager chooses one or two, or the the panel that they have, they choose one or two, and they bring their uh, opinion to the council and say, we think, I don't know, Chief Sid is the best uh, candidate for the job. At that time, the council can ratify it or say no. Who is Glendale city manager? Ruby Golanian. Big issue. (laughs) And I got to laugh out of you. That means there's something there. No, no. I mean, I'm just saying. uh, I'm just saying. I like your sense of humor. (laughs) But the the city manager works for these five council members. The only people who work for council are city manager and city attorney. These are the only two that council hires. They go through the interview. They sit in an interview panel, and they are they don't. The council doesn't sit in any interview of any of the directors, for example, for departments. But city manager and city attorney are hired by the council. So it's similar to like this uh, Glendale board, uh, the school board, where the school board hires the superintendent. That's right. It's it's a similar concept. Huh, yes. And city yes. city manager is an elected position? No, 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 no. 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 You just said it's a hired position. Hired, hired by city, city council. council. Yes. How Ooh. long how long has Ruben been there for? Ruben has been in the uh, with the with the city for a long long time. Uh, it's he's been uh, he was an engineer, he was the uh, director of public works then he was hired as the or appointed to add assess assistant city manager for years and the city manager. Rubik is being a city manager in a city is not only um I want his job is what I'm telling you. Well, Simple as that. I, I like that paycheck. Bro. That's to, that's that's a paycheck and a half. Right. Easily. I mean, of course, of course. But you have to work in the city for thirty years to get to that point. Nobody gets that 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 paycheck overnight. He's, so he's uh, been there since Larry Zarian days? I I think he's been there over 20, 25 years, if I'm not mistaken. But he's not, he, it's not that he just joined the city. But uh, You seem to have beef with Ruby. Does he owe you money uh, or something? I can tell a snake from far away and that fucker. This guy. <laughs> that fucker just got me. Uh, I can tell uh, a rat from only, far away. Only buddy. if you had a podcast to express yourself. Oh, man, man that would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Rubik, you would, I would love to have Rubik sit here. I would love to pick Rubik's I, I brain. don't think he would mind it either. I don't so, think you would but, do it, honestly. But in general, I think uh, I'm not here to defend <laughs> anybody's salaries or, or what have you. But Someone actually wrote his salary. Oh, my God. I, I didn't know it was that. That's bad. Well, it's, now that... Shit. Now that I, I mean, we know you yeah. want that position, well, don't you know? Well, yeah. I what I propose is since we seem to know the past city council members and current and future, I'd like to submit my resume officially <laughs> for city. I mean, three hundred and seventy-five thousand for city manager. Wow! That's <clears throat> wow. 
You know, you know that's let's defund the police, ladies and gentlemen. That's all. That's almost double the salary of a, uh, a surgeon, or like even hospital CEOs don't make that type of money, bro. I said surgeon. I'm just saying that's that's ridiculous. Almost four hundred thousand for a city manager. Come on. And then we're wondering where we're gonna get the funds from. Right there. Right there. <clears throat> That's where our problem is. Starts right there. Well, um, I don't know Rubik's not going to like me. I don't care if Rubik likes me. A lot of people don't like me. But the truth remains. That's a problem. That is a problem. So public service is supposed to be service. Well, no, 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 no. He's not a public servant. He's a city employee. He's a city employee. I get it. But how long are you going to be in the city? How long are you going to be in... That's still considered public service, man. It's considered public service. No, 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 Ed. He's a city manager. He's actually exactly four hundred thousand dollars. I get it. Again, I'm not going to sit here and count somebody's money, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro! It's 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 it, it's well, it's something. It's something that that the the city uh, uh, the city council and obviously sitting mayor have decided to. Make his pay. So, I mean, oh, I don't know. What look else at that. Uh, Susie Abajan just got a 100% ink raise. Wow. Glenda has money, huh? Every municipality has the same issues. Every municipality has. Uh, it's nothing unique to Glendale that directors and, and city managers have high salaries. It's not, not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But every no, city is the same. Bartanjo, you got to be honest. It's wrong. It's. I mean, you can play the politics because you're in politics. But for me, it's wrong. I don't care how you explain it to me. It's wrong. That's I, it. I have one, two what, ways to think about something, right or wrong. It be, would it be wrong <laughs> if he was managing the city and we had a surplus every year? No, he would get. If he's doing that, let him get five hundred thousand. Let him get six hundred thousand. But so let's see should, the result. So then it, it should, should be, be result driven. Okay, so all right, maybe a hundred fifty thousand a year salary, and then. Up to 200000 in bonuses? Well, no, no. So the 397 or 79 we're talking about does not include his 401s, does not include his medical, doesn't include any of that. Right. I'm right? So about afterwards, when we add those up, he's how about, over how about half somebody a mil. text Rubik Thompson? This is W2. <laughs> why are we sitting here talking about Rubik's paycheck? No, 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 because it's important, brother. I understand you, that. you don't see why we're talking about Rubik's. Paycheck, bro. I, I, and then we're I talking think, about defunding the police. On. I think I think it's not only defund okay. Rubik is what it should be, I, not I defund the police. I think it's not only. I don't think it's only the city manager, but it's, I think it's across the board where, you know, somebody, the two bobs from uh, office space should be coming in and asking people what their what their position is at the city of Glendale and what they're being paid for and if the job that they're doing is necessary or not that's where it should start and again it should be based off of performance as well the fact that we're having a utility issue power issue and all this stuff and you know we're giving raises to Susie abajan who's been sitting there for about a year now two years now and uh rubik again not to not to jump on not to count your paychecks but giving raises left and right um it should be dumped back into the city again it should be dumped back into the city again for, for its residents. Come on, you think you're going to give Rubik 400000 and he's going to dump it into the city? Really? Be logical, guys. Listen, if you're going to solve an issue, you got to start 
grabbing him by the balls to solve an issue. And this, this is where the balls are, right? This guy is elected by the city council, hired. right? Hired. 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 Hired by the city council. $400,000. <clears> so you should find the holes, bring that money in, and then solve it. So if a city has a safety rating from fourth safest to 14th, yet your city manager has is making 400000 there's something's crumbling there. Something's falling apart. And if you don't fix the base, you're never going to fix the top. You got to fix the base. And the base is 400000 going to Rubik. One of many issues in the city of Glendale. I grew up in Glendale. I've seen a Glendale that was perfectly safe. I've seen a Glendale where you could walk around and be comfortable. And today I'm seeing a city of Glendale that is pretty much on purpose kicking out Armenians out of the city. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you probably can't even see it. But I personally see Armenians being pushed out of Glendale. On purpose. On purpose. The program behind it, I don't know. I'm not the brightest tool in the shed. But do I see it happening? 100%. Yeah, I mean, you can deny yeah. anyone can deny it. Dan Brotman is going to deny what I'm saying right now, but he's part of the problem. He was brought here to get Armenians out of Glendale. That's what he's doing. And then we have Armenians like these Susia Bajans that are complete sellouts, <clears throat> completely worried about just themselves, selfish pieces of shit. Well, see, that's the thing. Why do we expect Armenians to? advocate Bro, for I left Glendale I'm an Armenian that left Glendale in. right I left I left on my own powers I could afford Sun Valley at that time I left I bought in Sun Valley I'm not saying back then it was like you had that choice today there's an agenda pushing Armenians out of Glendale I promise so you, you guys might mean? not see it today so what does that mean then something's going on okay but at the end of the day who's still in control the people of Glendale are in control that's right the people of Glendale? Yes. You can change everything yes. in this election. Let me put it this way for you. Honestly. Okay, go ahead. Let, let me just put it this way. You need to have representatives, not only on council. You're talking about the safety and everything else. Look at uh, George Gaskell, right? He is on the ballot this, this, this election. We need to push to get him out. He is the one who releases prisoners uh, from prison early. He's the one who lowered the, the felony to misdemeanor. And he's the one who's protecting criminals more than the victims. George Gascon was on the ballot to be recalled, right? They were, they were recalling him. And they went so to was Newsom. Right. But <clears throat> this, is, this is more local. It's easier because it's a county issue, not the state issue. So they went to every city and asked every city to issue a no, uh, vote of no confidence for Gascon. You know what our city did? They didn't do that. They didn't, council didn't do, do it. Do you know why? City of Glendale didn't do it. Of course no. not. And what they said, oh, let his policies work. Uh, it's just new. He's a duly elected. What year uh, was this? The Gascon couple, re A year or two ago. When, oh when they were, when they were, When they were recalling him, right? When the recall was I'm talking process. about the recall. So right. this is in 2020, basically? No, no. no, no it was no. 22. 22, I think. I think it was 22 or 20, early 23. So what they did was, oh, we need to, he's a duly elected official. Uh, he's a democratic official. We have to let his policies take place and work. You have to give it a chance. And now we see the results. 
Now we see the results. So the same and people that voted for that, the same city council people that made that bad decision, have they paid for their bad decision? So well, if you reward a politician for doing the wrong thing, what are you are, expecting to fix? Well, they are on the they are being on the ballot this year, and they will be on the ballot in twenty twenty six. And it's not that they voted for him; they vote they chose not to vote for a vote of no confidence. confidence yes. Yeah. So. Would you and, would you vote as a council member basically for Gascon not having competence? Of course. Look what he's doing to to our, our look. Gascon is from San Francisco. He came from San Francisco. Yeah, we know, we know. We really? had we had Jonathan Hatami on the show who talked who who's basically right. running against George Gascon. No, I know, but when when mayor of San Francisco sends a letter, official letter to supervisors in Glenn, uh, in in LA County and says, "Do not let this guy get." elected because he is going to ruin your county it speaks highly of what gascon is because the mayor of san francisco is one of the most liberal mayors in in california but she even they fired him or they forced him out she even sent a letter to supervisors and said do not let this guy get elected in la county well because he will ruin those same supervisors are just as corrupt at the time, Gascon was, oh, I'm sorry, not Gascon. When Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco, Gascon was the police chief, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know about that. And then and then he basically transferred over to Los Angeles where he became the city attorney. Uh, but again, this is an individual who's never stepped foot in court. Gascon he's has never, never tried st- a case, correct? Yeah, he's never tried a case. So he's never stepped foot in court. He is on the ballot to be reelected. I would be shocked if he's reelected because of everything that's going on in Los Angeles. Uh, we're fortunate enough that the city of Glendale isn't as bad as it is in Los Angeles. Uh, the homeless crisis here isn't uh, as bad. Um, yeah, we do have them trickling here and here and there on brand, on alleys and stuff. But there are programs that the city of Glendale has implemented in order to help the non-housed. Or the mentally. Look, those programs have been there for for a while, and we added to it. Uh, There is a a law. It's called anti-camping law. Like, I can take my kids to a park, put a tent up, and stay there the entire day, but I cannot stay there overnight. Mm -hmm. That's called anti-camping law. Whether you enforce it or not, there are legal ways of being able to enforce it or not. So... If you're trying to enforce your anti-camp, and that goes for every publicly owned property, sidewalks, parks, city hall, everywhere. So if you are able to provide shelter, we can tell them you can't stay on the street, you have to move. We have a Sensia 41-bed transitional shelter, and they do a lot more work than just being a shelter. And we also have a contract with a very large shelter in Pacoima, and there are buses that transportation for them to move take people to to Pocoyma and bring them back in the morning if they want to come, come back, back to, to Glendale. yeah the 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 service is there so that could be enforced basically to not to let people stay on on the streets or camp on the streets for days or weeks or or months and that is very you know it's it's a difficult situation but you have to deal with it in a very human way and uh, it could be done and uh when I was a council member, we used to go out uh, right before Thanksgiving every year. I've done it like twice. 
and you go out and, and survey, it's a huge crew that comes out and goes to different parts of the city that we know the, the, the homeless people stay. And we interviewed them, talked to them, what's going on, who are you, what's your name, if they wanted to talk to you. Many of them did, some didn't. They said, you're the crazy one and you're here bothering me. But uh, many of them wanted to stay in Glendale on the streets than being in a shelter in Pacoima. They didn't want to go to shelter in Pacoima. Do you understand why? Of course, they didn't feel safe over there. Thank so, you. And, and uh, we only had eight people who were from Glendale, were born from in Glendale, and they were homeless in Glendale. And uh, that was very really eye-opening. And, you know. Military service? No, they don't tell you. You don't know. You don't. They don't have ID. Do you, you think know. it's a housing issue or do you think it's mental health? Mental health and, and uh, substance abuse. That's too... I mean, you stay on the streets for a week, you go crazy if, if, you're, if you're sane. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, but most of it comes from substance abuse, uh, drug abuse. So we can confirm that you are... It's not a housing issue that we have in Glendale. You can't build your way out. You can't build your way out because if they are mentally not sane, they won't even stay in the apartment you're giving them. Some, sometimes in you know, the cold days, we give them vouchers to hotels. You know, there are some, some, some hotels that they accept vouchers for, for homeless people. Yeah, the guy they, we have here, the homeless, Steve, yeah, they, he won't they, go to a shelter. I've yeah, talked to him several times. Yeah. I've had the city uh, department, that whoever it is, that comes out to help help them transport them he's like no he's constantly talks about you know i get 700 dollars a month and i'm trying to save up so i can get a house and obviously he's trying to buy property is that what he's (laughs) 700 dollars a month and he's yeah he's he's not he's not there you know so and and we've talked about potentially yeah yeah cleaning him up a little bit and maybe interviewing him to (laughs) well well, the fact that he's not willing to go to a house to clean up well, maybe we could clean them up in the lobby bathroom here. What are we going to use? Baby wipes? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, See, we'll, the, the, we'll figure the, out the logistics. The later, transients but. that we have near my office. Um, the, obviously, I, there's times we call the city of Glendale, and you know they have the the homeless department where they come in there and they'll house them temporarily. During the summertime, there was a father and son. Father and son. I mean, talk about. Talk about like a, a, a situation there. I mean, normally you would always want your child to be better than you. And you have a father and son dual homeless in Glendale. Um, you know, they were picked up by the GPD. They were housed at a hotel. They took the vouchers and they were gone for about a week or so. And all of a sudden, a week or so passed. They were back on the streets again. Yeah, they were a little bit groomed up a little. You know, they, they had showered. Their clothes were a little bit different. It was washed. But all of a sudden, they're back on the streets again. Again, intoxicated, possibly on drugs. And you realize that, okay, let me try this again. Again, they were housed. Again, a week later, they're back on the streets. You can pro- it goes back to what you were saying. You can provide housing for these people, but if the, if the unhoused don't want to be housed, they're going to end up on the street. No matter what, it's a mental health crisis that we're. That's right, mental health and again, drug substance abuse. It's it's very difficult to deal with. Also, uh, I know you're uh, you're running for city council, but over the last year, our school uh, school board and city council have been 
sort of intertwined, <clears throat> to say the least, in the city of Glendale. I know your wife ran, uh, was part of the city, I mean, Glendale Unified School District Board. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is your stance on parental rights? On parental rights? Yes. As a parent, I think every parent has the right to raise his or her, their children any way they want. I think they have a right to know what's going on in their classrooms. I think, uh, I think I believe they have a right to really fight for their uh, rights. Being as a parent, it's a, it's a, it's a human right, basically. I mean, I have, uh, we have three children and my, our, our youngest one is in 12th grade. And if she wants to go to a, a camp, you know, they have, they're very active. They, they are part of the, their school, um, uh, PTA, what do they call it? Uh, student body uh, council. And they go to different events, in Sacramento or, or Fresno or what have you. I have to sign a waiver. I have to sign a waiver as to, to let her go to this place. But I don't know what's being taught in school. I'm, I'm all for empowering parents, basically. That's the right word for me. And um, nothing against anybody or any group or anything else, but parents need to know what's going on in their children's lives every day, every minute. I don't care if they're in school or outside the school. They need to know who they're hanging out with. Many issues that comes up with, for children is they're, they're hanging out with bad people. I have to know who my kid is hanging out with. I have to know their families even in order for them to go, you know, nowadays we want to go hang out, right? I have to know who they're hanging out with and what time and when are you coming home and who their parents are. That's that's how it is. That's that's the way I I was raised and that's why I'm raising my children and I'm pretty positive that's how they're going to raise their own children. So you, you mentioned you had three daughters, right? Right. And they all went to... Public school system in Glendale. Yes, yes. A lot of a lot of things are going on with you know Glendale Unified and uh, this so-called inclusive movement going on. You know, having three daughters, and you know, I can relate to it because I have a daughter as well. Edgar has two daughters, um, but a lot of the mo- this movement going on as far as progressive, inclusive movement, where they want to bring in gender-neutral bathrooms and all this stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Look, I think family structure is very important mm-hmm. in how your kids will survive in the in the society in general. Uh, I talked to some of my friends and they're shocked that we have family dinner every night. Our family has dinner together every night. Some nights, yes, this one, you know, they go out or they're at school or what have yeah. you. But family dinner every night, we talk about every issue every night. And I bang that you know that that drum every night that what's right what's wrong how do you how do you react to issues how do you get involved where do you don't get involved and and in general just a, a family structure is important in every community because it, that's how it, it grows you, your and children you your children are from public schools or private schools you said public, public schools all public. all public schools yeah. all public yes oh, that's amazing all three of them went through public schools same uh, <coughs> elementary school middle school and high school but uh, we have great schools. Let's let's face it. The, the in general, the, the the history of this city, schools were 
Very good. Top notch. That's why, that's why the property values were high, right? Yes. I mean, yes. good schools, good property values. They're interrelated. But it's, I think it's unfortunate what's going on. And, and uh, for... How do we fix it? Election is around the corner. Choose the right candidates and support the right can. You can, you have to get involved. When you have one hundred and twenty-five thousand uh, registered voters in Glendale, only thirty-five to thirty-eight thousand vote. That is the problem. It is a problem. Yes, the candidates have to kind of get people some reason or excite them to come out and vote. But you have to have a, you have to feel the responsibility that the, the decisions you make today will affect you for the rest of your life. You have two seats on, on city council, you have two seats on, on school board, and two seats on college board. Make the right decision. Do not, and next election, you make the right decision again. Get involved. Who are you supporting as far as Glendale USD board? I'm not, I'm not supporting anybody because uh, I'm a candidate myself, but I think uh, in, in South, South Glendale, Aneta is a great choice. Uh, North Glendale, I think Jordan will do really well, but, you know, he has to calm down a little bit. You know, he's, uh, people do not like aggressive people in general, to be over-aggressive, not aggressive. Yeah. Uh, Barton, uh, you said aggressive. When I'm a parent and someone's going after my kids, I'm the most aggressive. So am I. That's not what See, I'm talking but about. But that's the thing. When you're a parent and you're, you're uh, villainized, for being a parent, for standing up for your kid, I'm all it, it drives you crazy. No, no, you know? Of course, I mean, look, he's I, villainized for just simply standing up for his kids. That and my kids, not, your kids, all of our kids. No, I I understand that and I appreciate that. That's not what I'm saying. In general, uh, when you want to be a public servant, when you want to be elected, you need to be able to first be able to listen. You need to listen to people's uh, concerns, complaints, suggestions, or criticism, whatever. But I understand what you're saying. Of course, I, I, I'll be the same way if anybody touches my family or goes after my family. When I was running in 2020, they took pictures of my house and put it online. Put the, put the address online on social media. Well, they, his pictures all over it's, Brad no, no, Boulevard. It's, it's okay. No, I mean, it's, it's, this is, this that was you a, are on a Calvin Klein now. <laughs> no, you are a, you are you are on a you are a, you have a podcast. You do this every week, and you put yourself out, and you know it's it's fair game, right? We're same ready thing, for it. Yeah, yeah same thing. Same thing with same thing with 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 uh, public office. When you put your name on that ballot, you're fair game. People will do whatever they want to do. If they don't, uh, they can't fight you. They you know they do many other different things, but. Uh, yeah, they went after me and my family. They went, they went, uh, you know, they put my address online and put a picture of my house and they thought that I'm going to be threatened by it. But What, what uh, were you criticized for as a council uh, member and a mayor? Well, during your previous What was the, the, the hot topic was Grayson Power Plant. They're like, oh, he wants to kill our children because he's, he's for a gas-powered engine power plant. Which and is still running. Which is still running. Uh -huh. Which the new plan is the same, designed the same way. The only thing they did was instead of, I don't know, five engines, they reduced it to three. Nothing else changed. The only thing that changed is the cost of the power plant. 
And that's why you have 59% increase in your utility bill because in order to build the power plant, they had to post a bond. It was $280, $90 million that was approved just like that to post a bond. Or, and in order to qualify for that bond, you have to show that you have income, the GWP has enough income. So they raise the rates to show that the income is coming so they can qualify for the bond. It's like if you want to get a loan, you have to show income. It's the same concept. So, it's, so let's it's, screw over the residents in order to get a bond so we can continue to screw them over later. And and it's 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 not just there. It's going to be more and more and more. And they, they can increase it any way they want. That's the, that's the problem. And 59%, you take a look at your bill on a monthly basis or every other month. People who live in apartment buildings, they're going to get shafted because the person who's on a, a, a set income, that increase is a huge burden on every month or every other month. They have to cut from somewhere else to pay that. Mm -hmm. You can't just not pay your utility bill, right? Or trash fees or, or sewer fees. They've, they went up by 250%. So, so you were criticized for that? Anything no, other not, than the Grayson? It, no, no, it, it didn't go out at my time. No, no, you were criticized like, for... For Grayson. Grayson, yeah. well, Grayson was the, the biggest deal that was trying to kill our children because uh, uh, he's for the Grayson power plant. And now nothing changed. And they voted for uh, the second power plant, which is the biogas project at our landfill. And Brockman voted for it, Artie voted for it, all, all, except Ellen, I think, didn't vote for it. Yes, every one of them voted for these two projects. And the push was, we don't need people who are not environmental friendly. And, you know, I'm, ultimately the voter made their decision in a sense. They influenced it. They, they poured over $100,000 against me into that elections. And they went after. There, there were a couple of unions who wanted things that... Um, it's, it wasn't in council council's purview, basically. It wasn't in council's uh, authority to make that decision. Let's say if if someone comes in tomorrow and says, "Well, every every podcast has not podcast." Let, let, they were they were after uh, unionizing some of the local mom and pop businesses, and it's not the the council's decision to vote for that. There are companies that they come in, and if you have a business, a certain number of employees, they can go to employees and say, look, do you want to unionize? If they they agree, they can unionize. Yeah, they pay their dues, they pay their fees. They pay their dues and fees. It has nothing to do with city council. Council has no right to do that. So they lied to them as well. They say, oh, well, we, we will do it for sure. So election passed, city attorney says, it's not your job. So they didn't get that one done either. So it was all, when when they spread rumors, right, they went to Southland and said, oh, Vartan is against all the renters a week before the elections. It's like trying to prove pain. If I tell you my hand hurts, you can't prove otherwise, right? And five, six days, 10 days before the election, when they start pouring it in, then it's very difficult to counter that for, uh, you know, single... Uh, person who's, who's running for a single candidate, basically, to fight 
a big union that has a lot of money behind it. They were very unreasonable. But hold on, does it, does the renters union have monthly dues that they pay? Not not tenants union. Those it wasn't tenants union. It was unions from LA. I they see. Because okay. I was about to poured, say, I'm like, no, if these no, morons they, they are pay, paying fees to no. themselves to. No, no, no. They they were from LA and uh, they were doing this in every city. They thought that they're gonna get everything that they wanted, and nothing came out of it. And I, they they called me like a year or so after the election. Says, well, we you know we don't know what to do now. I said, look. Don't call me. You you chose whoever you wanted. It. You supported whoever you wanted. It. Go talk to them. I can't I can't help you because what you were asking was unreasonable and was not even in my power to to award such a thing. The city council can only job the council job is to to provide good services for the residents, safe city, water, power, clean streets, good streets, and you know. Do what, provide a service to the residents. That's our job. That's there's nothing else. So that's why you know they what they what 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 happened to me was they they thought that they were they were gonna get whatever they wanted. They poured over hundred thousand dollars in the election in the last two weeks, three weeks, and uh, they got their people in and uh, they didn't get any of them. And both power plants were approved, and it's all gas natural gas, fossil fuel, power plants. And they're trying to walk back from it. It's not going to happen. People know who voted for what. You can't take your vote away. You can't erase it. So, And, and Dan Brotman, the one who was against fossil fuels, signed off on it. He was okay with it. Of course. He voted for Grayson and he voted. And he says, oh, it's a beautiful project. It's a green project. It's not green. It's It's... We have, you know, when we designed the, the entire power plan uh, for Glendale for the next 20 years, of course, there were solar, they called IRP, Integrated Resources Plan. Uh, of course, there were solar programs that we would install solar on all of our city properties. What's the safest power that we can have? The safest, the most, most environmental friendly as well. The most reliable and affordable one is natural gas. Now, the natural gas, there, Edison is working on a, a clean natural gas right now. They because they're on the same same boat with everybody else, Edison and and PG&E, which is in Northern California. Uh, the gas company is working on clean natural gas. So the what about nuclear power? Nuclear power, uh, safest. It, it if if they let you build Cleanest. it. If you let if they let you build it. I mean, if you can't so build who's it. The, who's the day that are supposed to let you build it? Because the states, the, no, this is no, this, none of them come close to nuclear power. None, zero. I don't, I don't have the data on nuclear power and uh, because the ones that I did really dove deep into was what what was. In, in front of us, before us, to make a decision for the city, you can't build a nuclear power for Glendale. It's, of course it's, not. No, it no. has to be a state program. The state has to build it. You know, if you go to successful uh, smaller countries like Korea and Japan, right? The the state in that area will decide 
There's a city called City of Bone. We are we have a sister city with them. I went to visit them because they invited mayors every every year. So there was an area that they built thirty thousand units, built a fifty acre park in the middle of the city, brought the rail, built the power plant within less than eight years. And I'm like, how did you guys do it? Less restrictions. They said no sequa here. And government makes the decision. That's right. So where there is a will, there is a way. But that every individual small cities cannot build. They didn't have a Dan Brotman, basically. Oh no, they they they, they wanted but to. Do you you would be okay with that? The government makes the decision Hell and builds no. it. You see, in some if aspects, you tr- if you trust them and they build to your liking, there you go. right? No, right. if the government's working for you, you're okay with it. But when you're the government that's supposed to be working for you is making you work for them i got problem with that no i mean the the big infrastructure has to be built by that serves the 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 state by government not small cities cannot do that because you need easements you need funding you need many different things you need licenses but the as far as the power plants go look what happened in 20 it was it 2023 that the uh made a statement said don't charge your uh, yeah, it was. Vehicles. It was last. It was literally last yeah, time and, this year. And they repowered mm-hmm. all of their old, uh, clunky uh, power plants in order to serve the Central Valley. They were going. They were having blackouts. So it's 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 a it's a matter of being reasonable and common sense policies. And that's why I want to bring back to council because there is no balance right now. There's a one party rule. And everybody's trying to bring be more green than the other. No one is. We all, I mean, I want a clean air and and clean water, clean environment. Who doesn't want that for for you know? What are we, want, the, what we are all the, want that for our children as well. Vartan, what are the big things you're advocating in order for people to actually gain your vote? Because, I mean, we've been sitting here talking about the past as far as policies, sitting council members. Yeah, we talked about public safety. We talked about homelessness. But what what are the big things that you're advocating for in order for people to actually gain your trust and gain your vote? Well, everything. Uh, first of all, the public safety is the most important thing on my is a number one priority right now because if you don't have a safe city, I don't care if you have a big house, a good clean power station, or biggest parks or what have you, they're all become secondary. Or you have the best schools, but if it's not safe, you cannot you cannot live and function and operate in the city. The other one is uh, the way that our budget is being managed. Everything is being expensive because. Uh, the policies that are being made today. There is a, if you read the budget, there's a summary of the budget. There's 280 pages. I went through the whole thing and I brought some, some, I highlighted some of the points. And because I always talked about facts, I don't, we'd love to hear about it. Make that, make things up. There is a, an item in there. It says fleet electrification of the city. It's $125 million. Fleet electrification. Yes, fleet electrification. So all the city vehicles would be electric. It's not just the vehicles. Vehicles you can lease, right? Uh, But it's the big trucks, the buses, the trash trucks, and also the infrastructure. The buses are owned by outside companies. No, no, no. Not the the B-Line. B-Line B-Line buses are not owned or operated by Glendale. Who are they owned and operated by? Uh, Metro has a hand in it for sure. 
Uh, no, I don't no, know no. what Metro having is. a hand in it is one thing, but who owns and operates the Glendale Beeline? I don't think Glendale Beeline. Well, maybe Vartan knows. Let's ask him. Let's ask I, him I, sure. I don't know. I know everything about the city. You can ask him <laughs> We're like arguing. I can, I can, Why are we arguing here? No, because you jumped in. It's a franchise. No, because you jumped in. You were like, Glendale doesn't own it. I'm like, wait a minute, bro. Like, I like this. Like, when I got elected, I wanted to know what I'm doing. Because uh, yes, I was with the city for ten years as commissioner, and I I, I did understand the the system how, how it works. But I went to every uh, infrastructure that we had. That's the the reservoirs. How do they work? How do they pump? Is it pump? Is it is it gravity water? I went to the power plants. I went to the the landfill, the reclamation system. This is a full service city. Let me put it that way. Our predecessors. They had a great vision. This city is built really well. I mean, we have a reclamation center that they we collect all the, you know, sewer water and uh, sewer and, and sewage and, and, and they recycle the water, they separate it, recycle it, and we have ten million gallons of water to use as a gray water to water all the parks and schoolyards and everything else. And we charge the LA River every day with dump water in there to charge the LA River. So the beeline is operated by a, a, a contract a company that they operate public transportation. Everything belongs to the city. We have our own facility. They come in and park. We have our own buses. They operate our uh, equipment, our buses, and serve the, the community. We also have Metro, Metro line, a lane in, in Glendale that they, have, they run different lines and they manage everything else. So, uh, they, they, fleet electrification is not just the, the vehicles, it's the infrastructure that you need to have to, to really charge them every day. And it's enormous, you need enormous power to serve what we have today. And this would be police vehicles as well, correct? Basically everything. And we, our, our, our vehicles are clean. I mean, our buses are natural gas, compressed natural gas. They were the best. We, we built a huge infrastructure to use compressed natural gas. But now it's the evil thing. And I understand that we want to go, throwing a number out there, some people say 2025, the other one says 2030. And Martin, everybody, let me ask you this, though. Let's say they go to electric vehicles, correct? They're going to have to charge it. That's right. Aren't they using the same fossil fuels to charge it? Well, um, the, the the idea is that you purchase, the idea is you purchase clean energy from somewhere else, bring it to Glendale so you can charge it with clean energy. Or you generate enough with your solar systems that you have in Glendale and put it in the batteries so you will have battery powered so you can charge but it's it will not work there they are they are the battery powers are we have 75 megawatt of batteries as a reserve designed with grayson but they're only for reserve uh, they're only for 4 hours so if you have days like this you can't charge your batteries during the day with solar you know, with your solar and the sun and what have you, right? So that's that's how they, it's considered clean energy because it's, it's charged by sun, by solar system. But if you don't have, like the entire week today, this week, it's not... It's, but Glendale not, has these solar 
uh, panels. No, we don't. We we are, it was it was part of when you plan the power plant, you plan everything around it. How much solar can you put on your buildings? How much they can generate? You you estimate how much you can generate to charge those batteries, right? So there's dates, like there's deadlines. Okay, let's say Glenda wants all its city cars, trucks. Twenty thirty five. Twenty thirty five. No way it's they want happen. everything to go electric. I get it, but by twenty thirty five is Glendale gonna have that clean energy available to them by 2035. You have to ask the council members who voted for it. I don't think we do. I, I'm trying to see if you I, think. No, I don't think we do. I think you need to have the ability to generate locally. And the problem is, if you design your power plant based on I don't know 150 megawatt hour, right? When they calculate the pollution that you're generating, is if you're engines are running 24 7 for 365 days which may not be the case no no power plant is running 24 7 365 you always try to purchase cheap power online it's like stock market every day they purchase power but you find inexpensive power bring it to glendale but when you need extra power you have to be able to generate it but with the with the power plants that it's designed today, when I, you say Glendale brings in power, cheap power from elsewhere, those other powers that you're purchasing are those 100% clean energy, or are they the same coal or no. uh, natural? Look, this this clean energy talk is bullshit because. All of this has to do with all these DEI scores and ESG scores. It has not. It all has to do with funding. In order for you to get state funding, for the state to get federal funding, you have to meet these BS criteria. That yes, you know, we have clean energy. What's your clean energy? We have solar. Really, explain to me how solar is clean. Nobody can explain it. You can't. Solar is solar energy is not clean. Okay. The cleanest the energy of, is nuclear power. Yeah, 100%. That's why they will never, ever touch it. They will never touch yeah. it. There was one guy who was running against Gavin Newsom, Michael Ellenberger, who was an advocate of nuclear power. Nobody since him or prior to him has really um, pushed nuclear power, at least to my Especially today, Armand. I mean, you know what it is with the Armand. nuclear power? Armand. <laughs> Sorry, I said Armand. That did not sound right. Well, with, French, so yeah. <laughs> basically, nuclear power, they scare people. They they use nuclear, the word, mm. to scare people and away what do from they? what do they scare fossil fuel? Same thing. Oh, they, <laughs> because fossil fuel is bad for what? It's not inclusive enough. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. And that's why, to me, it's like, and I've asked this question to every candidate whether they're running for school board or council or mayor anything is you're one individual you're elected tomorrow how can you make any difference oh you can because you're oh, one you vote no i understand that but so what, what to tomorrow you're in office you start tomorrow 8 a.m what's vartan doing like well first having a good cup of coffee because without coffee you can't function but uh, i doubt the city of Glendale yeah. has good coffee but no they do they do, they? do. <laughs> we, we, they do really i'll big. get yeah. you a cup yeah. please if you can but i think, I think look, the budget should be cut there we should have <laughs> shitty coffee in order to no, no coffee's for closers like uh when there are always tough issues when you're on the council that comes to to 
uh, in front of the council, right? One was the Grayson Power Plant. I was the mayor, and there we had 113 speakers. <laughs> Sorry. I think if we bring up Grayson again, our viewers are going to kick her ass. I'm going to go I shut down the Grayson Power Plant. <laughs> it's, yeah, they got to go drive by and take a look at the They're going to be like, you know. Where the it, fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> let me, where let me bring another idea. Let me bring another issue. Yes, please. There was a there was a huge push to uh, legalize marijuana in England. Mm -hmm. All the dispensaries, the whole thing, right? Yeah. And uh, most of the council was kind of oh, it's not bad. Well, you know, it was, it was approved. Uh, you know, in, in you know in in California, Glendale was very close. It was like I don't know fifty three. 47 it, it passed in glendale as well but the same law uh allowed every city and every municipality to regulate the marijuana uh, mm -hmm. initiative basically so what we did was when it came to council i'm like look i'm not and there was the the the, the vote for it they wanted to legalize dispensaries, cultivation, uh, deliveries, and also the manufacturing. And I told them, you know, you want to you wanna push and vote for it for, you know, with three votes, you can pass it. But because it was a charter change, we were a charter city, they had to change the zone because there was no zone that would allow mm -hmm. a dispensary. Because you had to change the zone to allow any of it, you needed the four votes. Any charter change needs four votes on, on the council. And I single hand not single handedly, I you know, Paula Devon was against it as well, just to be fair. And uh, I told him, look, I'm only one vote, right? Like you said. You wanna go for it? Go go for it. Go vote for it. I'm I'm gonna fight tooth and nails, and that's what happened. And I told him, yes, it was passed on state level. I don't know a good city that allowed uh, marijuana dispensaries and they wanted to put it in the middle of brand on next to next to uh, Americana and, and I told him look my reasoning is first of all the the, the law lets us not to uh, even allow anything ban straight ban right and the other reason was I have three children if I approve this I'm telling my children it's okay for you to smoke marijuana and I can't as a parent I can't do that you guys want to do it? Go for it. So one vote that I was, you know, openly, publicly, I was pushing against it. It just made them, okay, let's bring it back in two years or what have you, and we think about it. You can get things done if you're reasonable, if you if you can, if you're a people's person. I'm a people's person. I can deal with people, even people who don't like me or don't have the same mindset as I do. Because when you have five council members, we come from different backgrounds, different mindset, different ba business background, different ideas. You need to be able to work with them. You know, you have to be able to press hard and know when you take your foot off the gas so you can, you mm -hmm. can have consensus. But reasonable ideas, very tough to fight for other, other council members. If you're reasonable and it's nothing personal, I don't think anything personal. So if you're reasonable, you can deal with people. It's like negotiations, right? When you when you do a deal. But in general, I think I can I can do a great job on the council. I've done it before. Uh, I'm experienced. I I I was on the board of directors of Southern California Association of Governments, on Burbank Airport Commission, on Metropolitan Water Department (NWD). Um, 
Also, I was on the board of contracts, California contract cities, League of California cities, and I sat in different boards. Like League of California cities, I was on their environment, uh, clean clean energy board. So I would, I would understand what is it that is being proposed. Otherwise, you cannot make a, a, a right decision. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You can't make a right decision. You need to understand that when they give you a packet uh, every week for the, your council agenda, you need to read that and understand it. They give it to you on a Friday, Council is on, on Tuesday. If you don't have time, don't do it because it's not fair to 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 the public and residents. You need to understand what you're voting for. Or if you can't vote, if you're not ready, just ask for a continuance and get a briefing. They're already always they're always ready to give you a briefing about any issue that you want to understand. All this Grayson issue, all this budget issue. Our budget has gone up. I you know, I, I always read as much as I could to be to make a, an educated decision. Our budget from 2021 uh, until today increased by $350 million. From what to what? what I was have it? it here. It is. It was, <clears throat> it was my number, so I know how to, how to go, out, go by. It was $827 million. And I'm not giving you the changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 21, 22 adopted budget, 23, 24 is 1.172, 1 billion, 172 million. That's the city's budget. Right. That the revenues, the revenues that they're going to have. And the That's revenue from comes from taxes, sales tax, property tax, um, different. And I have that here as well. It's different, different revenues. They have different mm-hmm. departments. They have different. Can like I see the, something really quickly? Sure. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So city attorney, city attorney right now for 2022, or well, this is, a, it says adopted, but for, for city attorney, it says 16 million. It's now, not one attorney. Have, no, no, no. I, that's right. what I wanted to understand. Mm-hmm. How many attorneys do we have on retainer? It's not retainer. We have about, when I was on, we had 12 attorneys on payroll. Glendale City has twelve attorneys on of payroll. Of course, they have. They have a lot of work. Okay, city clerk. From my understanding, oh, would you expect city clerk was? No, so- no, no. I, they should have attorneys. Twelve. Okay, well, I, I, this is what I want. Okay, city clerk is is uh, Susie Abajan, correct? It's her department. So it's her department her. is one point two million dollars. Right. In, in With all their all their expenses, their their employees, their payroll, staff, and all that. Everything. Yeah. City treasurer, another million dollars is there. Community development, ninety-one million. That's community right, services. What does community development do? Well, those are all your. Um, there are different departments under community development. Like, this has nothing to do with building and safety, right? Or is it? It does. It does. So building and safety is included. So building and safety from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two went from ninety two million. I'm sorry, sixty two million to ninety one million. Whatever you see, it's there. These are these are not not my numbers. This is this is. I, I drew. Yeah. This is this is the adopted budget. Basically. Okay, community service and parks went from thirty four million last year to forty three million this year. Finance six million or seven million. I'm going to round up six point nine seven million to six point nine six. Oh well, we actually saved about ten thousand dollars there um, on finance. Uh, fire seventy four million to eighty one million. Glendale Water and Power. Holy shit. Uh, two hundred ninety-five million to four hundred thirty-six million. Uh, let me let me okay. let me tell you something here. If you look at this this budget, from this number to this number, our our revenues have increased by over three hundred fifty million dollars. Easily, right? 
So there is no need. I want to see where is the need to increase 59% on your power bill. I know why this is the, there because that department has to show that income to get the bond. But the reason for, for these numbers, and we are still in, in, in debt, is because of the decisions that are being made, being made today by the council. And one item is like, you have to take into account the fleet electrification. That's one item I brought up today, mm-hmm. which is $125 million. <clears throat> Many other things that it's in the works. We have a climate action policy uh, in Glendale now. Well, I haven't gone through it yet, but I will. But uh, that's gone. Everything that they do it cost cost money, and it costs money, and it costs money, and it's very expensive. The power, the clean energy power, is very expensive. And when you try to purchase this clean power, when there is the highest need and most need in summertime, it's you know, regular time is like $300, summertime is right. $1,800. It's right. very difficult. And that's why everything is is going up and up and up. So, <clears throat> look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, when you get I'm, to it, ask I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at these numbers. Look, I'm looking, I'm looking at these numbers right now. The fact that, okay, community development, you said building and safety is included in this, right? I so, yeah. Okay, building and safety is the biggest disappointment in the city of Glendale. Right now, with one of my current clients, I'm going through a situation, and I'm not kidding you. Artie Kasakian knows about the situation. Bradley knows about the situation. I think the entire building and safety staff knows about the situation. My client got flagged for having five, or I'm sorry, four steps and a landing on a deck. Okay? His property got flagged for that. I don't know if you've heard of, heard about that situation. It's in, it's in the city of Glendale. It's in La Crescenta. Four steps and a and a landing on a deck outside of the property. Outside the de- of the property. I'm sorry, not outside the property. In the backyard. Okay. Cool. So there's a there's a deck on the property. The deck is permitted. Okay. The deck is permitted, and the city of Glendale came in and they said, "Oh, well, the steps aren't permitted." Well, okay. We'll go ahead and get rid of the steps, and we'll bring the deck to whatever it was prior to um, the, the stairs steps. being added. And, you know, we'll call it a day. You know what they said? Nope. No, 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 no. We need architectural. We need engineering. We need soil. We need... I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you realize that? And, and I asked them how much how much the cost is going to be for doing all of this. And sorry for my language, Vartam. No, this no, no, no. We completely out. love it. But I asked them, what the, do you understand the cost for me to hire an engineer, hire an architect, come and have them draw it out, bring you soil samples and all this stuff? Uh, it, it costs less to demo the deck or to demo the entire deck itself and basically say, you know what? It doesn't exist rather than to bring it up to quote unquote, whatever the code is. I'm like, you guys have nothing better to do. So they sent in an employee from the city of Glendale and guess what he does? He goes, uh, yeah, we went back to Google images and we actually saw that there was changes done and that's why we flagged the property. So we have nothing better to do but to go to Google satellite images. Yeah, that's look very at, odd. Look, I mean. look at a pro- – and Artie Kasaki knows about about the the issue, and I brought it up to him, and uh, I, I'm going back and forth with the city of Glendale regarding the situation. And the fact that we're spending $91 million on community development, that's sad. 
Look, uh, let me tell you this way. Um, when, when neighbors call on anything you do and file a complaint to code enforcement, the city cannot just not follow it up. If I'm changing my, my window and my neighbor calls and the city checks and see I don't have a permit for it, they will go after me. They will put stop work and say, go get your permits. And at that time, they ask you to go through the process and do everything that should have been done from the day one, architectural, this, that, the other. But community development in general, the planning, the building, they're all shorthanded at one hand because people are living and going to other cities like Santa Monica, they have thirty, forty thousand dollars in in uh, signing bonuses for good planners. They're living. So what happens? We had a we had a case. I climbed that one. We he purchased a lot. There were three planners changed on on his on his project, and it's a very simple one story office building. And the city said, the guy says, look, he, he left. I have to give this plan to someone else to review it. So the new guy who comes in, new planner, wants to review it, can't approve something else that, you know, something that someone else did. So it goes on and on and on. But the other issue is the way they interpret the code. And this is nothing new. I've been talking about this for a long time with uh, the different planning directors and current planning directors. The planners need to interpret the code the same way. It cannot be like, I think you need to do this, or then he says, no, I think you need to do that. The code is very clear. When you want to build something or you want to add something to your house or what have you, you want to build a commercial building, whatever it is that you want to do, the code has to be interpreted the same way. But it's not. So, but it's not because the planners come in and they think, ah, to, to me, that's not how it is. Some like there was there was a guy who was um, I think they they were trying to build an eight, eight units or whatever. The pl after eight, I don't know eight months or a year, the planner told, and that planner is not in the city anymore because I think she was fired. But she says, "Well, can you put your garage on this side?" I'm like, no, I can't just put my garage entrance and put it on that side because that won't even comply with the building code because planning code is different, building code is different. They all have to be interrelated. Planners have to know somewhat about the building code as well. So when they ask something, they have to make sure, yeah, but with planning, the zoning and the code, it will allow it, but would the building approve it or not? Sometimes they get the planning approved, they go to building and say, no, you can't build this because it's, I don't know, you're too close to the property line, for example. So it's very important to have that cohesiveness and have that understanding that planners need to interpret the code the same way and if it doesn't happen you know this is this is nothing new it's go it's been going on for a long time in every city actually it's yeah but every kind of, every single council member who's ran for city council <coughs> has come in and advocated to change the way building and safety is being run you go to burbank you go to la yeah they're a little bit more efficient than the city of glendale the city of glendale nitpicks at everything and it's very very expensive to build I'm I'm all with you. I understand that the the our planning, our building official, uh, I think retired. We had two one after another within like two or three years, and we have a new building official. He's trying to 
bring everything together and be the glue that holds everybody. How together. long has this new person been in power? Not too long, like a few months. He, he came here a few months ago, I believe. Yeah, it's not even a year. So he is, what I like about him is he is meeting with people that have issues. He doesn't say, okay, just call my you know assistant or what have you. He always answers phone calls or he turns people's phone so calls. So why don't you just his, call uh, that guy? He is... Uh, um, and he knows about the issues, about what's going on, because sometimes planners or, or plan checkers are overloaded. By I mean, how many, okay, how many planners are there and how many on a daily, monthly basis, how many active projects, plans are at the city's desk where it's so complicated? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, the ratio is like this. Can I, like, let me ask you this. What time is building and safety open from? From what time to what time? Okay. Seven to 12. <clears throat> see, that's your number one problem. When they see you, no, because when they accept you at the counter. Service. After that, they don't go right. home. They're working. Yeah, they have to do the, the physical work. The so why check. don't they have a yeah. department of people that take people the whole eight hours and a department of people working in the back? Eight hours. That's like good. LA does that, right? LA no, has. No, they no, don't. They don't. Wait, because me, look, me, the guy that talks to you. Is not the person. No, typically the planner that talks to you is the one who's reviewing it. Because if you, if I talk to you, you tell me, well, here's what it is, and then I hand it to Vartan. He has no idea what you what you and I discussed. Okay. And the other issue is the budget. If you have planners that they talk to you eight hours a day, and you have planners that they plan check eight hours a day, you all you already doubled your workforce in in building department. But Vartan, and, looking at that money, we should have no budget issues there. Again, should, listen, should we the, have the budget, budget issues with look, that type of money? The, the budget issue is not something that you can solve in, in two minutes or explain it in two minutes. It's, it's a com, com, very do you know, complicated. Do you know how I would solve that just right now thinking about it? Yeah. If the permit costs $20,000, right, for example, whatever the permit is for, I don't know, uh, new bathroom, whatever it is. Okay. Um, you have 15 days to approve it. If you don't approve it, then the permit fee goes down to 15000 If it's not approved, another two weeks goes down to 10000 So the city ends up losing money. Yeah, I right. I pay less. You, re you really think the city's going to Why do can't that? I work? Because it, it doesn't benefit. I, I because can't. as long as I remember, those fees you're talking about are just going up. Of course Never it down. increases. So why why, why should be more, what they motivated to push these projects through? They're not losing money. Bro, the fact that, listen, I understand, I understand the city it won't of. Work the, that way. I look, had to explain. Look, I tried to look, explain. The fact that the building and safety department is open from seven to twelve, I get it. Okay, yeah. Be, after twelve o'clock, they'll go have their lunch for an hour. They'll come back from lunch. They'll jerk off for about another hour. <laughs> okay, and then at two o'clock they'll get. They'll That's actually, a long jerk off. <laughs> they all gotta jerk each other off. So. By 2 o'clock, they'll actually get to work after they zone out for another half an hour. But let me put it to you this way. The fact that you you can't get on the phone with anybody is, an, is enough for me to say that, dude, what the hell is really Look, going on there? I, again, I understand all these things. They have to have time to just focus on the plan. The problem is they're not efficient because they don't need to because they're government employees. Don't worry, they're going to be replaced by AI soon. Don't worry about so it. So that's why I'm asking, and you're, you're laughing at my proposal. No, but because look, <clears throat> because that's how everything works. If you delay something, you're penalized for it. If you right. delay something, you know, if the city it, delays it, it's if not I don't make the payment to this for the permit, there's penalties and interest. If I don't pay anything on time, my credit card payment, my everything has 
repercussions. But the city, hey, I'm going to sit on your plan for 12 months and you go pay your mortgage and your right. property that's, tax. That's very wrong. I, I agree with that. So right. why isn't there a limit? Why shouldn't you be penalized as as, as as the city for holding up my project? Because it's costing me hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars. I'm, I'm all with you on that one. But let me let me explain it this way. Sure. The city is not does not own a business. The city is not in a in a business of owning business and making money. The city fees are from again sales tax, property tax, uh, permit fees, or what have you. If the city wants to penalize itself and lose money because the permit was not done on time, for example, by a planner, then they have to compensate that that loss from somewhere else. What happens is they pull from another department, put it there, or they try to increase the fees to compensate that because they don't have any money to to of course or they could sit no. down with that planner and say hey listen we've lost x amount of dollars because of it's, your insufficient work uh what's going on it is actually it's, a business the whole this country is a business and every city every state in this country is a business it glendale is its own corporation it runs like a business it has apparently 1.1 billion in revenue right. a city manager and you have however many thousand employees that work for the city how is it right. not a business why can't you run it like a business because they, because it would make sense and then it would actually be efficient but the but the fact that you continue to run it as a government that could be 11 billion dollars and it wouldn't make a difference you would have 50 planners there getting paid whatever six figures and you would still wait two years to get a simple uh construction plan approved I right mean, my 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 thing is this my my issue is this i think everything has to be performance based like any any business but the planners who perform better they get paid more the planners who don't they don't and and if you have right now i think they're so, trying to have a deadline as to when you receive a plan what is your turnaround time mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's kind of being worked out on in, in the building department, the new building official is trying to say, okay, you get a plan because if you give someone a 20, 20 projects and he only has or she only has eight hours to work on it, it's not going to be on time, for example. But if you give him 14, you can expect performance, right? Higher, higher turnaround time or, or a shorter turnaround time. You need to have more employees that they know what they're doing and if you keep losing them to other cities and you bring new employees in and you keep training them you become a training ground you train them you train them you train them they find another job and uh how do they do that i find that hard to believe because that means you guys don't have enough data to actually fix that issue you're telling me somebody what does a planner make like so 80 grand it's, a year? No, 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 way more than that. How much do they make? 120,000 a year? I don't know. Let's say, I, I, I don't have. Let's, okay, let's 100, say 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100 grand. You're telling me Santa Monica's paying 30,000 more. Now, where am I living that I'm working as a city planner in Glendale? In Glendale or where, for example? Did, not necessarily, not necessarily. So this is but, what you, again, if I'm looking at this from, if I'm analyzing this, where, where do these guys live? Glendale, they're willing to move to Santa Monica? Or drive from Glendale to Santa Monica for thirty thousand, I find that hard to believe. Yes, I tell and you what, I have a, I had a, we had a planner, really, really good planner. He was his turnaround time was really fast. 
Went to Santa Monica. They paid him a lot more to go sign. And he said, look. I'm Where did he live, though? That makes a difference. Let, does, let me yeah. just tell you. It's not, it's, it makes a huge difference, but it's not the first priority. So what happens? Now he's in Pasadena. Pasadena paid more than Santa Monica and took him. Yet Galendo can't afford to keep We him. don't have money. We don't have the budget. Well, it all comes down to every, every municipality is top heavy. Every municipality public entity is top heavy uh it's their their employees their maintenance their salaries and uh the buildings they own they have to be maintained they have to be run it's all top heavy so every budget everything that comes into the city goes into these services to provide services to from to what residents. i saw community development has been just going up and up and up and up and up every year but we're becoming more and more inefficient we're losing employees to santa monica to pasadena so if the budget is going up and nothing's being changed. Nothing's being done yeah, about there's it. A whole oh, oh, look, there's Look, you're a businessman. If you've been in construct commercial real estate, you understand. If I buy a project, if I buy a property today, the quicker I fill up my commercial lot, the quicker I recover. That's right. Of course. Right. Okay. So if the city with today's capacity can only handle 100 permits a month because they only have, they're not paying enough, they're not working efficiently enough, or you're understaffed, Bring in more people, squeeze your budget for six months, and then you start forking out 200 permits a month. You'll double your revenue. And before you know it, you're going to be, you're going to have a surplus. So or that's take why. Take a smaller load. I feel, I, I smell something else, No, the smaller else, load man. is going to be an issue because then you're going to complain. No, well, you well, know what? why aren't before, you taking no, my before, permit? Okay, you know what? Before your permit is, permit is submitted or your plans are submitted, listen, there's a, you're going to be in the queue for this long. I don't even think. What would you say to that then? You say, I'm okay. I'm fine. We'll wait six well, months. Well, that's the, no, you're going to call Artie. You're going to call. No, because, Gl well, call. no, because Glendale doesn't even have a queue. You don't even know where you stand. You submit your plans. That's it. You're, then, then it's a, it's a sitting and twiddling your thumb game until you find out, Oh, when is the planner actually going to be looking at my plans? And when they look at, do look at your plans, look, so it's the, a seven to 12 hour let, window. Let me tell you what another issue is uh, right now. Every, every municipality is trying to, uh, Go, you know, have their plans submitted online. So when you submit, in, in the past, you would go make an appointment, go give your plans to a planner, give you a receipt or a date stamp that you received the plan. Now, when you submit your plans online, then you don't know if it's assigned to a planner or not. It takes, and it's a new system. It has a lot of bugs. They have to... You know, they have to debug it, but it, it takes time. It's, it's I think the Obama smart. people did the website for them, probably. <laughs> That's what I and, meant by and, you don't and, know where you are in the queue. And and then when the, a planner is assigned, depending on how many projects that planner has on his or her hand, they have 30 days to respond to you based on the your submitter. Sometimes I, I want to be fair. Some of the, the, the consultants or architects that they submit their plans they don't submit a complete application. There are pieces missing, there are information missing, and then 20 days later, they get a notice that you didn't submit such and such paper. By the time they get it done, they bring it back. Some people are, they, 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 it's, it's very important to submit a complete application. Then when, when it comes back, the problem is, Biggest problem that I have, and I've been very vocal about this. 
Well, the planner can give you corrections three, four times. It shouldn't be that way. The planner has to review the plan and give you a correction once, maybe twice. Maybe you missed something the first time you corrected this. You cannot give corrections. And every time you resubmit your plans, they have 30 days to respond mm -hmm. to you. So 28 days, you get another correction. Then you resubmit, you get another correction. Right. That's why it gets to be, then by the time you come out of planning, and you go to building that they have to plan check in order for them to issue permits for you. It takes a year, year and a half. See, and that's, that's the biggest problem when that we were, I have. When we were doing my plans, there was still physical uh, communication. And there was actual, you could sit down with the planner one-on-one. -on -one. I remember one day when I went with my architect, we took the plans to sit down with him. He opened up the plans, went through the pages, went through the pages. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, you're, miss you're missing this one page. Architect looked at it. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let, me, let me very quickly have somebody from my staff bring it over. Can we continue on with the process until that other plan is printed from my office and brought over? Planner said, no problem. Let's continue on. Can 20 we minutes later, the, it arrived. What would have happened? What would have happened before topic. is, what would have happened before is, listen, guys. If you guys want us to change the topic, go change the channel. Go watch your own fucking shows. Bro, plan check. We've been stuck on plan check. Ed, you know it's it's plan check. What do you want me to ask? What is a woman? Let's, is that what we need? No, to No, not the woman. The but let's what? understand. Let's a good Martin, question. How many genders are there? <laughs> So, so everybody could know that, you know, Vartan knows how many genders there are. Please elaborate. There are two genders. There you go. Are you guys happy it's now? It's not about that. Let's talk about, okay, for example, Vartan, uh, you were in the city council before. Now you want to get back into city council. Yes. What are some of the topics that you would like to discuss that will get our viewers and listeners mm -hmm. to understand why you want to get back into the city council? Well, Some of those topics. I mean, we're talking about plan check of your house and your customers. Well, there's about 70 people waiting to hear about Vartan and what he stands for. It's not about it's not about it's not about plan check and my customers. It's about how the city's being bro, this is our tax dollars being spent on the system that's being well, operated. Let's ask a better question. Vartan, I've got a better question for you. You were already in the city council. Do you feel that there is some degree of corruption at our Glendale city council till today? By council members? Yeah. No. I, I, no, no level of corruption I don't by know city any, council. Look, let me put it this way. I do not know any council member who is or has been corrupted and didn't get caught. Look at John Draymond. What happened to John Draymond? It will come out. You can't be corrupt and and this will come back and haunt you. So, I don't know any, I don't, I want to be very clear. I may have, you know, differences of opinion with some of the current council members or former council members, but I never accused any of them to be corrupt or, or if you go to districts, it will change. Yeah, yeah. But look at city of LA, four out of 15 got indicted in two years. But I don't want to go there. I don't. I don't know any council member who who's been corrupt except John Draymond. That you know, people who got him elected, they filed criminal charges against him. So I want to be very clear. What what I want to do? I want to I want to kind of fight against this 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 push for new taxes. They want to bring business tax to Glendale. Uh, they want to bring parcel tax to Glendale transfer tax. They tried 
a vacancy tax and rent registry. That and means- which council members are these? The ones that are in office today? Yeah, they all voted for it for these items to be studied and come back so they can they can vote on them. What? Okay, with the taxes they put it on the ballot, but they with me on there, I wouldn't even vote for it to go on the ballot because I don't think we need it. So <clears throat> the business tax, you have to open your books to them every year and show how much gross you did and so they can on demand they can ask you to open your books. you're not for redistricting no okay no i'm not for this i appreciate all, and that. i and i tell you why and i wrote my reasons and i have this this uh documents that i brought again uh, whatever what is that read this why is the what's the reason behind this whole push for redistricting in glendale what do you think it is oh they're trying to look glendale has a great system in place. Are there flaws? Yes. But has a great operating system in place. At large elections is the best way you can get anybody elected in Glendale. If you are an Armenian, a Korean, a Latino surname, what have you, you can get elected in Glendale in at-large elections. So for districting, they're trying to dismantle the system that we have. And the reason for that is it's not just the districts. They want to have uh, elected mayor. If you have elected mayor, you have a king of the hill. Then you don't need a city manager. Then that one mayor can hire the di- directors, uh, do many different things, c- has control over the budget. There are two council members, or maybe three, or whatever. They, they want to be that elected mayor. The district thing is not the issue. They don't care about the districting. They care about being the elected mayor in Glendale. The elected mayor has the most power. and The council members are kind of irrelevant at that time. Look, you have, let's say you have six districts in Glendale. The council member in downtown is the king because all the money is in downtown, right? All the development, the businesses, everything is there. Dealerships, this and that. Everything. So a guy in I don't know, my area, Verdugo Woodlands, what is he or she going to do? What is, what is that? There's really no money flipping in that area. No, I mean, there is no, no, nothing to be done. If you're not part of the entire city, if you step over the boundary line, there's, oh no, it's my district, stay out of it, right? If you, if you have an issue today, you can go to five people and complain or ask or demand accountability, Change. change, whatever. But if you are in a district and you don't have a good relationship with your district council rep. member, good luck to you. So at that point, so they become district reps in a sense? Because when you have a mayor, then you have reps? Is that no, how they're, they're council members, like city of LA. They have the mayor. Mayor and then the council count, But look at look at all the decisions that are being made. In LA? In LA or any similar system cities. Like they have council districts and elected mayor. The mayor is the... Where Glendale, so the way Glendale works, every year a new person from the council becomes mayor for one year. Right, it's like a rotation, rotation. but the council members decide who's the mayor, and the mayor has no more power. The mayor represents the city, but has the same As far as a face value. Goes. Yeah, the same value and the vote. They He's have a ribbon cutter. Yeah, and and you know what happened in City of LA, right? Uh Gee, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> sorry. Sorry to downplay it. <laughs> oh, 
like, in, I think Ani wants to know what district Grayson Power Plant is located. <laughs> Forget, forget about Grayson for Andy. I wanna, I wanna just let's let's hear how what many, he's how many megawatts Grayson yeah. power plant. Yeah, I'm listening to you, about that. This strict thing is going to divide the city even further. Yes, right? definitely. And the way they are, the history of district thing comes from uh, CBRA, California Woodlands Rights Act, and that was created to protect Latino communities because. Many cities that were heavily populated by Latinos, they didn't have representation. So they created districts so they can have representatives on council. So, but here this being turned into uh, renters against renters against homeowners. homeowners. And they said renters have no uh, representation, which is not true at all. And I'll tell you how. In 2015, this idea was put on the ballot for people to vote. It was turned down by 70, 72% or 75% of people voted against districting. And more than half of that vote came from South Glendale. So the renters voted against it. And there was a group that, attorney group that were going around and suing every city. We received a letter at that time. The city received a threatening letter. If you don't go to districts, we will sue you. In 2013 or 2014, that's why it was put on the ballot in 2015 and it was turned down. And at that time, in 2015, we, the city conducted a survey and a study as to, is there disenfranchising in Glendale or not? So if you want to create districts, every district has to have the same number of people, not voters, same number of people. And Population-wise? Yes. Okay. So if you have 200,000 people, you have five districts, they all the boundary lines are created to have 40,000 people in each district, for example. And that's why every time, every 10 years that the census reports come out, they look at this district and they change the boundaries, basically. That's that's the reason they change the boundaries. LA does that still till today. Yeah, because there are districts. Yeah. So what happened was they, the, the demographer, the, the consultant came out and said, look, we can't carve out an area in, in Glendale that has more Latinos than Armenians, more Koreans than whites, or more African-Americans than, than, than Koreans. And because people in Glendale, that's the beauty of the city, that they live all over the town. Every nationality, every background, they live everywhere. It's not that concentrated in one area and created a little disadvantage area. Everybody lives all over the town, every group. That's why you have like Frank Quintero got elected and reelected three times because it was at large. And a Latino uh, candidate with a Latino surname can get elected in an at-large election in Glendale because we have 16,000 registered Latino voters. We have 5,000 Filipino Latino, uh, registered voters. 4,000, almost 3,500 3, to 4,000 Korean. So if they want to come together, or Ar Armenians are like 36,000 registered voters. So any ethnic group that wants to get elected in Glendale has a much better chance than at-large election. Who's pushing then, for this districting right now? Who's sitting at council currently? Dan Brotman. They, they all voted for it except, I think, Aura. Aura pushed back yeah, on Aura it. Pushed but back Aura pushed back but said he's open to <clears throat> listen to it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another... I don't blame the man. Yeah, I, but I feel like Aura's, on, Aura's all alone on an island right now. Yeah. And, and he uh, definitely needs help in Glendo. And that's another thing. If I'm... If I'm if I'm, when I'm elected, because this is my my turn, I'm going to push really hard. And I'm going to get elected this this time. 
all of these issues is not going to be one-sided because when you have four people pushing for the same issue, then there's a, how you're going to fight that, right? Just are. So <laughs> you can't fight it because there's four votes against you all the time. And uh, the districting, everybody, RD is pushing for it, Brotman is pushing for it, especially for elected mayor. And they are trying to increase the salaries. That's something that they're not talking about today. And they didn't put that on the ballot for, for March because it would have affected their, the election results. Wait, did you just say more increasing salary? salaries? of the council members. <clears throat> and if you look at well, Karen You disagree Kwan, with that? Let me, let me just... Let me just what are you talking about, bro? What, Have you seen the price we, of eggs nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, let, Take let some me, money from Rubik and put it towards them, bro. What do you mean? Well, this guy's gonna... <laughs> let, me, let me just read something that was written by Glendale Rubik. <laughs> We're going to uh, print new shirts for you. <laughs> Baba Ruby, here Listen, uh, they want to increase the salaries because if you if you watch, the, if you attend any of the forums that we have, Karen Quag always says, I live on $30,000 budget a year. And I can manage the budget because I can manage living with thirty. She does that in, she lives in Glendale? Yeah. So who is she renting from? I don't know. You got to find idea. out, bro. So, I want to live in Glendale for under 30 grand salary. That's great. Run for council. That's the secret. So well, I can't even afford to rent in Glendale. Jesus. <laughs> let me let me read uh, a little bit about what they they published as far as the um their points about going to districts. And this is what it says. Uh this is how it's going to divide the community even furthermore. It says it's a long letter, but it says the Sundown Town Resolution was passed in September 2020, acknowledging historically racist practices in Glendale, but the city has been slow to pass meaningful legislation to correct them. It is not a coincidence that the wall of mayors lack people of color. That is a result of systemic practices like at-large elections that benefit affluent white suburbanities. The majority of people of color are renters while most white people are homeowners and the racial wealth gap gives the financial advantage to white people this is the reason they want to go to districts this has nothing to do with california was right act and they're pushing for it and everything that comes with it is relevant the mayor at large to dismantle the system that we have and increase in salaries of they could have put that on the ballot for march but they decided not to to combine it with um the elections coming up for November. They want to put it up on November because the the or the the city council elections will be done in March. So they want to put all of this, the districting and the salary increases for council members coming November for in November. So, look, I I think wouldn't it? Uh, wait, that doesn't make sense to me. Since the majority of our city council in Glendale today. Is on one side. Let's be realistic. They're Democrats, hundred percent Democrats. I mean, shit. I would go further and say they libtarded all of them. Uh, wouldn't they want to push that through now since they have the majority? It is. It has to be put on the ballot for people to vote for, for it. So mm. they're not putting it on the ballot for March because it will affect their their elections. They're being. It's being pushed back to November. If you if you come and say, look, I'm running and I want 
salary increase, ninety thousand, hundred thousand a year, as a council member, do you think you're gonna get elected? People vote against you. But if you get elected today, and then put that on the ballot in November, and there is no other elections in Glendale, right? The voter turnout's horrible at that time, anyway. Yeah, for at least for city elections, we don't have anything except that one measure. So it's easier to pass it down. So, I, I again, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but the way that the study was done and everything else, and they were told, "Oh no, don't put it on on for March, go to November." But in general, I think all these proposed taxes are big problem for us, especially the business community, because you have ten thousand small businesses in Glendale, and it's gonna it's gonna you're going to lose a labor force. They're going to, if, if I have to pay more taxes, what am I going to do? I'm going to just, you know, hire less, off. one less person, one less person. Or I can't, pa- or I pack can't. up and leave huh? or pack up and leave. That's no, it's no, no. Why are you doing that? That's what exactly what they want you to do. Yeah. And we're not, we're not going, I'm not going anywhere. Let me put it that way. I will stand on fight. I'm not going anywhere. If it was for Dan Broadman, he would see all of you out of Glendale. All of you. Look, I, I don't think what's yeah, all of one, you. Armenians? Yes, or? yes, definitely. I, I, I think Dan I, Brotman was sent here on purpose. On purpose. And it's, the city wasn't uh, accidentally picked for him. He was on purpose picked to go into Glendale. And I think your favorite subject, Great, Grayson, was Grayson. a huge platform to run on at that time. I'm going to go take a selfie next to Grayson yeah. tomorrow morning. <laughs> so I'll join you. Where the hell's Grayson? The, the other, other issues are if you have a transfer tax added to your property right so that's when you sell your property you have right now you pay county transfer tax and they want to add city transfer tax that's one of the the, the ideas like there. la does like la does that's not the ula that's not the mansion tax no 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 no. it's yeah. a separate it's Se- a separate, separate city yeah. tax that we basically pay. whatever city of la has they're they're trying to push it in Glendale. And that's why we live here. We are not city of LA. Not, nothing against LA, but I don't want to live in LA. Yeah. I want to live in Glendale. I don't want to be like uh, LA. So let's say you purchased a house last year when the market was high and you changing your job. You got sick. You have to sell your house for any reason, right? And you're losing money on, on you say, okay, I'll take 20,000, 50,000. Less than what I less got. Less than what I got it for. And you want to, you still have to pay that tax. Of course you do. So even on a loss, you have to pay yeah, that tax. Even, on, even a on a loss, you have you're obligated to pay that. And I I don't know why. I mean, it's 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 wrong. So LA's we, had that. LA's, LA's had that had for it, years. When we when we draw up a contract in the city of LA, there's boxes that you check on the residential purchase agreement. It says county transfer fees, city transfer fees. We always box off seller to pay those. So right. On, on by default, it's the seller that pays it. Um, so look at it this way: if the Glendale city of Glendale gets it, not, not only not only will not only will you be paying a county transfer tax, you'll be paying a city transfer tax. Yeah, but the ULA tax that the city of LA it's a has tax. They're yeah. talking about that as well. They so. want to bring. I know Brotman brought it up to the table to yeah. have it in LA in Glendale for two million plus homes. Right, and they said if you have a two million dollar house, uh, you know, and. Look, $2 million, it's a lot of money, but it's not buying you a mansion in Glendale. Let me put it that way. I mean, uh, the average house price is $1.3 to $1.4 million in Glendale. Very small, you know, 
Not ADU. A, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not an ADU, but in a good area. It's you a very know, small two-bedroom, one-bath. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but all these taxes, you know, if you manage your budget right, you don't need to increase all these taxes. There's, there's, I don't think there's no need for it. There's any need for it. I think um, these are all being talked about to add it to the to budget, the budget <laughs> to spend to spend on their pie in the sky projects, basically. And those pie in the sky projects are personal projects. Well, that's what some people were saying, Vartan. They were actually saying Vartan wants to get into city council for his project benefits as well. Show me one project that I will be interested in. Most of the the projects that I'm talking about, I'm not talking about building projects. I'm talking about the electrification, the mandating solar, all this, all this uh, environmental movement that came to Glendale. These are all going to spend to be spent on those. I mean, I'm an open book. I made, as I said, I made my money outside Glendale, and I'm not gonna try to even dignify that uh, that question or what have you or comment with an answer but uh, the the issues that we have the taxes that are coming I'm totally against them so you can you can you can you know you can't just make an accusation in general and that's why I said when you ask me about corruption you you, you can't talk about council members or other elected officials you can't just make an accusation and pretend that that's the that's the truth. You have to provide facts and argue about it. You well, the, just... the funny thing is that any council member or a potential council. future council member or anybody who's been running for council that we've invited to the show has showed up. We've yet to see council members who are currently active to sit down with us and actually accept an invitation. Besides, so already, already sat down with us. No, already has. But I mean, again, and this, we get a lot of slack. People will, will message me. How do you guys support Artie? It's not that I support Artie. I support anyone that's willing to come and sit down and have a conversation. But it's it goes back to it goes back to some of the, the one thing that you would say, Edward. You would say, you know, if you got nothing to hide and your ass is clean, come sit down. Come sit down with us. And I, I think there are other things going on in these elections. It happened in past elections too, but it's it's coming out a lot more this time is that uh, some campaigns are calling people and they're asking for their personal information. Like uh, they're, they're, they're targeting the elderly people, talking, you know, asking about their um, driver's license information, the address, date of birth, even social security numbers, which you don't need to register people. You don't need to, even people who are registered their informations are being taken from them. And I think it's going to be a huge issue in this elections. Uh, well, the DNC uh, was at Hollywood Hills the other day. They were passing out ballots well, for Islam. <laughs> I want to I want to see, there was this, there was a video that some uh, a young lady posted where it was an elderly Armenian man at a uh, old folks home. Asking for information about who's who were residents for for the ballots, if the ballots had arrived, and the young lady at the reception just said, "You know, I have family members who live here. I need you to leave." And she was recording the conversation, but she censored his face, and she said, "If you show up again, uh, I will post a video with your face shown." Look, there there are legal ways of doing things, and there are corrupt ways of doing things. I mean, if you want to contact as a campaign, any campaign. 
you want to contact the voters and say, do you need help or you don't need help? By all means. Some people say, I need help. Come help me out and let me know how to fill out the ballot for it or bring it to Bring my, me a ballot, huh? I'm sorry? <laughs> bring me a ballot. <laughs> no, no my, my thing is we always, every time I, I'm out there, every time I'm in public, I always tell them, especially the elderly who have a little bit of a you know, difficulty filling out ballots, ask your children, ask your grandchildren, ask your neighbors, ask your relatives to help them first. If you don't have anyone, if you have another group, like if you go to one of these adult day healthcare centers, for example, you trust them. And they have the... Take, take it there, let them help you. If not, any campaign can help you. You can call the city, uh, city, city clerk's office, for example, and ask how to fill out the application. Regardless of the, who the clerk is, I know you have your, 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 <laughs> you're going to say something, but in general, they can help you <laughs> and direct you how to... Yeah. Uh, I'll, I could I could pull the video, but I have no idea who it is. They just shared it with me. So this is the individual that basically came up to. I guess it's an old person. So it's in Armenian. If you guys want to hear it, I post it. I sure, it. let me see. Let's hear it. So it's the corruption that we're worried about, that there's people actually yeah. going to old, old people's homes collecting ballots. And uh, some of the people that I spoke to, they said that what's happening is they'll send people that have been only living in the United States for a couple of years and they'll say, hey, listen, I'll give you X amount of dollars. Uh, go and ask for this stuff. Look, if there is a building, let's say, I want to be very clear. If there is a building and you call people who are registered voter in that building and one of them says, you know, come and help me, for example. Legally, you can go and help them, but you cannot go knock on everyone else's doors because you have the list of who's registered in that building. And go knock on everyone else's door and say, look, I'm here. Let me help you now. And sometimes they intimidate them because they're they're elderly and they live, you know, alone. That's that's really, if not illegal, it's immoral. You can't, you can't go. And, and she was right. I mean, the lady that, I think this was in Hollywood because Sam and, and Audrey are in LA area. Mm -hmm. But I got word that the lady's name is Anush. So, yeah. But... Okay. You cannot intimidate people into voting. You cannot take the, the biggest problem I have right now is they are calling people and taking their information over the phone, even the social security numbers and, and even people who are registered. You have the PDI, the political data in, you can, it's like our MLS system, right? You can, you can just log on and just name and a, First name, last name, you can type it in. It tells you if the person is registered or not. That's all you need. You don't need to get their drivers. Sometimes they said even they took a picture of their driver's license. And uh, So I, why are they doing that? Why do they need their social uh, number? That's how you get that's how you get more votes than look I, people I, in the area. I do not know and I'm not we, it came to our attention in the last couple of days. 
we we got some phone calls from people who their information were taken and we also got phone calls from some of the the community faces that they're well known and people called them and told them that this is happening what can you know and i spoke to because i'm not an expert in this field so i spoke to people who ran elections in the past professional people and some some attorneys that may know some uh some of the election laws they say there are two things either it's going to be used for um uh, identity theft because that's the only reason you would need this person's entire social security number or if they check because that with pdi you can check and say see if they voted in the past how many times they voted it's public information and if they haven't voted you can re-register them and get their ballot in another address that could be done if you have their entire information complete information so i don't know i hope i hope i'm wrong i hope that's not what's what's happening but this is happening right now and uh something has to be done to it because they're targeting the vulnerable people the elderly who don't speak you know then they they're not really uh, informed about their rights as to why even you're giving your social security number over the phone to someone mm-hmm. who says you know I'm from so and so's office so can we talk about um as far as prior to the show we were discussing why it takes you know, nine months for them to count 30,000 votes in Glendale or LA yeah. County for the city of Glendale. And as to what your experience has been with those voting machines and what you've yeah. Can we seen. start by how we lost our elections to the city of Glendale? City of Glendale lost its elections to LA. Who was responsible? Who was behind it? What was the reason for it? Can we start there and then go into the Well, election? there was a... First of all, there was a, our elections were, were local elections were standalone elections. Perfect. And it was always on odd years of elections, right? We never had elections with the county. But uh, there was a mandate from the state that every city has to go to even number. Now, can we, sorry, I don't want to be, keep cutting you off, but I want to, I want people to understand things the way, like regular people. You said the state mandates. What does that mean? They passed a law mm-hmm. that it's mandatory for every city to join the county's election, be in a even number year election, and either run their local elections in a primary election, or they had two choices, to have your pro- local election to be with primary election, county's prim- primary election, or November's general election. So why is South Pasadena still holding its own elections? I do not know if they hold their own elections. I'm not sure about South Pasadena. When we had our elections, there was one company. There's was, corruption in that shit, and I'm going to find it. Glendale, whoever signed over Glendale elections, something's wrong there. I want to know. There was one company that would run our elections. They would come in and count the ballots on the same night. So on the same night, you would know pretty much know who who is winning, basically, right? They had some provisional ballots, people who came in at last minute and voted at the precinct. So those were, you know, they had to make sure that they're registered voters. So they were 
being counted a week later or so. So by the end of you know 12 a.m. or 1 1 1 a.m., you, you will know knew. who's who's you know ahead and who's winning. But now the way the system is, uh, it's really. I went through the whole thing. You know, I'm, I love stuff like this. So I went and did the research. I went to two election centers. One is in City of Industry and the other one is in Norwalk. So when you mail your ballot, it goes to City of Industry. It's a big industrial place, very dark, very depressing place. I walked in there. I'm like, how do you work here like eight hours? So they look at your the envelope of your ballot that your ballot is in there. They check your signature with the computer they have. If they see it matches, then they cut the cut the envelope, separate your ballot, and put it aside. So when and they collect some, they put it in boxes like shoe boxes. They put it up against the wall until they have enough to put it in a, a cargo van, if you will, and they transfer it from City of Industry to Norwalk. So it will, will be counted. And um, and I asked them, how is it that three weeks after elections you're still counting ballots? And they said, well, the post office was slow and they didn't bring all the ballots on time. I'm like, post office, when I mail something, it would get there three days, five days later, the, you know, maximum. Let's say they're busy. Then they said, oh, no, we, uh, but the post office holds all the ballots and the county workers go to every post office and pick them up and bring them back to the county. And we were shorthanded. That's why we went out like two weeks later and picked up some more ballots. By the time they sorted them out, it's three weeks later and they're still counting ballots. Florida counted, I believe, almost six million ballots on the same night. They, they went through their ballot because they do not allow any more ballots to be counted from the date of election on, if they receive it. Even if it's posted and it's received two days after the day of election, they won't consider it. Or if they're dead. Or if they're, or if they're dead. <laughs> Look, the, the issue is this. Everybody receives a ballot a month. They start mailing all the ballots in a month before the day of election. If you're a responsible voter, you have one month to vote and mail your ballot. Or if you we're out of town or what have you, you didn't get a chance, you can vote, fill out your ballot, and drop it off at the precinct by the day of election. But if they keep receiving ballots two weeks later, three weeks later, I don't know what to think of it, to be honest with you. It's Corruption, just, what else there is to <laughs> think of it? It's, I, I'm an, Why I'm can't not you just big, say what it is? No, no, I'm, I'm not a, no, to be honest with you, I, I'm not a big conspiracy theory person but when you look at this when they say the post office doesn't deliver the ballots we have to go pick it up and then it puts you that doubt in your mind why is it that i mailed something and it doesn't go to the address that i mailed it to well now you uh, could actually track your ballot you can track your ballot yes there are there are all the systems that it's but that, in place but, but then again how many of how many of us will yeah. track the ballot i mean exactly. how many of you have time how many times you track a, a package that you ordered on the, from Well, Amazon. that's the thing. If you track your Amazon package, you should be able to track your ballot. Right, you can. You can. The system is in there. But how many voters do that? And what's the point? I mean, if your ballot is not counted two weeks, three weeks after the elections, it's sitting somewhere. How right? is it counted? Put do they scan it into a computer system and it 
takes the vote based on the marker? There are two or? ways. Uh, in in city of industry, they scan everything. I don't know why, because it takes a lot of time to. Usually, what they do is <clears throat> what what happened in Glendale in the past. The way they counted it was you could go watch it. It was there. It was open. They cut the the envelope. They separate it. Put the ballots on one side. Envelopes mm. on the other side. After they verify your signature, right? Mm. Now they're saying, oh, the signature, I mean, Gavin Newsom was saying the signature doesn't matter anymore. And if it's close, it's close. I think they're trying to take that verification away. But that's another Jerry Springer show, if you will. Uh, the ballots are, the way you count money, the money machines, you put mm -hmm. your money and it counts it. It's the same way with the ballots. They put it in a machine and it goes through it. That's why, as I said, the Florida counted about almost 6 million ballots in is it just night. counting the ballots or recognizing who it voted right, they voted right. for? No, it recognizes. Okay. So when rec I say counting the ballots, not how okay. many ballots are yeah. there. It just okay. recognizes who's, who got how many votes. And at the end of it, you understand. I still find it hard to believe that you guys couldn't fight to keep the voting in Glendale. You can't. The, the company that was uh, running the elections and had these machines that were certified, and there was only one company that was doing it. And that, they went out of business. There was nobody. Isn't that in? Isn't that a true convenience? So why didn't we open a company that could count the vote? How I st I'm still mind boggled. So why Glendale <laughs> lost? It's why Glendale gave its elections away is gonna be coming out one way or another. I will do everything I'm, for that shit to come. I'm looking out. forward to it. Let it come out because Artie was a, so at that moment. From my understanding. <clears throat> Clerk is responsible for elections in the city. True. City clerk's office is running the elections. Yes. Yes. Artie was our clerk at the time. What yes. happened? Was he running for city council simultaneously? Something. No. Happened. When when the when the when the city went to join county's elections. Artie wasn't running for city council. Artie was running for city council in 2020, the first time, but he was the city clerk. That's what I'm saying. So he was a city clerk, sitting city clerk, running for city council. Yes. Interesting. You see? Yeah. But so. again, the, the mandate, the order came from the state that every city has to go. I don't know about the South Pasadena, but... I'm just curious if we'll ever go back to a traditional voting system where you have to I physically go to a location, vote there, and leave. Or has COVID basically just screwed this up? You know, the, the issue, What another issue is when we were still at, uh, in local elections, we had a, I don't remember which, which ballot measure was. It was one, one law that we wanted to put it on the ballot. So we contacted the city uh, the county and said, look, we have this ballot. We're not, you know, we have our own elections, but it's not our election year. We want you to just run this election for us and put it on. They said, no, we don't have the map. We can't do it. They, they couldn't even run one election. one election for one measure for Glendale. But now they're running the entire elections for every city, for every position, city, state. Ironically, ever since that's happened... You cannot get a Republican elected in this damn city, state. Not one. It's ridiculous. Does that say anything to you? So are you a Republican? No. No, I'm not. Mm. I'm not. But I think, I think uh, Republicans 
I can talk, speak about Glendale. Uh, I don't know about the state. I haven't done that research. I think Republicans or, you know, even declined to stay, they feel defeated. They feel if they get a, uh, they, they participate or not, it won't make any difference. And that is wrong. I encourage everyone, doesn't matter what party you belong to, to get get involved and get 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 involved in elections and vote. We have about thirty three or thirty five thousand registered Republicans in Glendale. Thirty five thousand. People get elected by ten, twelve thousand votes, thirteen thousand votes. Republicans need to get elected, uh, involved in elections. And decline to state, we have about another 25,000. Everyone, so, Everybody's afraid of being labeled, Vartan. That's the problem. No, voting has nothing to do with being labeled. No, no, no. It, it does when the other party uses it against you. How? I mean, you go vote. The ballot is in your... Everybody receives a ballot. What, what do Democrats consider a Republican who's voting for a Republican? What do they consider them? Majority, who cares? Majority, no, no. I mean, Seriously, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? But, but they, who knows? Who knows what you voted, Arnold? Well, that's the thing. A lot of people... Look, voting before used to be a very private thing. It is a private thing. You receive a ballot now, at home. Yeah. Now it's very publicized. Oh, who are you voting for? Oh, I'm voting for... I'm going no. to be voting for Donald Trump. Oh, so you're a right-wing extremist. Look, you don't, first of all... I'm not, not going to share that with you. First of all, I, there are a few things you don't ask in this country. One is how much money you make. How old you are and who you voted for. The rest is open yeah. book. I mean, the, if <laughs> if everybody everybody receives a ballot at home, everybody you receive a ballot. Last election in twenty twenty two, I believe, eight thousand Republicans voted or nine thousand, maybe eight thousand, six to eight thousand. The rest, all these ballots went into the in 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 the trash. You want to make. A difference you want to change things around vote yeah you you have the ballot in your house sits on that kitchen counter for four weeks and it goes into the trash i don't want to blame anybody else i blame you know people who don't who don't participate and vote for vartan i will i will do everything i can to bring common sense and some reasonable policies back to council that's something that i will do i don't shy away from voicing my opinion or my positions on issues. I never dance around issues. I don't tell you something that you like and I don't tell you something that you like. Uh, you can't be this and the other at the yeah. same time. See, we told a lot, the video we posted today on our Instagram page telling people, you know, get out and vote. If you need help with your ballot, reach out to us, reach out to one of these pages yeah. that's advocating for what you believe in, what your morals are, what your values are. If they all align... Reach out to them. They will help you. They'll guide you through the process of how to fill out that ballot. If if we've been working all these years diligently, we've been around for five years, the wise nuts itself, mm-hmm. talking about everything that has basically come to fruition now. And for us to say, you know, don't go out and vote, it would be a disservice to not only our community, but to everything that we've stood for. Every single person needs to go out and vote this upcoming election. Instead of pushing the likes and putting everything into Vartan's hands, Aneta's hands, Jordan's hands, James's hands, all these people's hands and saying, you know what? 
Well, they'll handle it. Well, in order for these people to handle it and actually do what they need to do and what they've been advocating, you need to vote for them, get them into office. That's right. I mean, if you want to change, how, how do you make changes? You can't make policies from the street. You have to be on, on, on an elected position to be able to make good policies. You cannot make policies from the other side of the dais. You have to be up there. And if you're for family values, if you're for empowering parents, if you're for common sense policies, if you're for uh, safety and, and, and public safety in Glendale, vote for me. I'm your guy. I'm, I'm the one who's going to push all of this. Glendale has been a bedroom community and a family town, family-oriented city for over 100 years. And my, my goal is, my, my intention is to keep it that way. So we have so many issues in the city, like any other city, but some of the issues are being created here to make life even more difficult. And people who are making those, they have <laughs> nothing to lose. I mean, if I'm, a, if I'm retired and I'm single and my electric bill goes up by 50 bucks, so be it, right? But if you have a family, you have three kids, four kids, you're, you're struggling, you, you're, you know, times are tough and your bill goes up $100 here, $50 there, and your insurances are going up. It makes, it makes a difference. You have to, I came from a working class family. My father was a carpenter. He had few employees. First thing he did every New Year, he bought presents for employees' kids first. Then, then us. He said, you have to take care of the people first who take care of you. You can't just take, 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 and, you know, expect people to just be loyal to you. He was a, he has a different mentality, and I learned from him a lot because uh, being a working class, and, you know, we all struggle to do well in life, and you, if you make it and you provide a good family, a uh, good life for your family, good life for your children, you put them through schools, you do everything, I'm not going to apologize for that. You know, I work very hard to get where I am today. I came to this country like millions of people with nothing. Yeah. So, again, if you are for what I stand for, I'm number one on the ballot. Vote for Wartan. You won't, I, won't, I won't disappoint you. Anything? Oh, there you go. Anything we, anything we missed, Wartan? Anything that you want to kind of bring up before we... Maybe take some questions. You can take some questions. I'm I'm always open. Do to you have anything before we go to the questions? And, and then no. Again, I I just wanted to let everyone know that you know, all my I have a I have a deep root in Glendale. My kids were born in Glendale. They're they're being raised in Glendale. I wanna one thing I wanted to mention is about these developments that are being built. My my goal is to uh, that's why I've been pushing for to build ownership housing in Glendale. Everything that's being built are apartments, small units, 600, 700 square feet. It's not for families to live in. I want ownership housing, at least being built condominiums so my children, your children, our children can, can own something, can purchase and stay in Glendale, the city that they were born and, born raised. and raised in. So um, that's what I'm, I'm for. All for families to keep, keep, our tradition, our values in Glendale, and uh, there's nowhere else that we can go. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. going to, if I have to stand fight, I will fight. I don't care. I'm, and that's I'm how here. you build generational wealth, people, that's with right. real estate. That's right. 
<laughs> Call it a lie. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Come on, bro. <laughs> Prove me wrong that generational Jeez. wealth isn't built through real estate. Uh, Prove me wrong. I, I doubt our kids will be able to afford anything in Glendale I'm unless not, something that's not changes. What I'm, saying. I'm saying prove me wrong that generational wealth isn't built Used to be, estate. yes. Still is. But One piece of property. It's all it that's takes. That's all it takes. Huh? One, generational. Is that all you... It takes one piece of property. I have one, one thing that I'd like to mention about that. Is, <laughs> uh, generational that, wealth. That generational. Many of our properties, uh, single family homes especially, were down zoned. Were down zoned severely, but people didn't know about it. And the way they down zoned it is like uh, if you could build, let's say you had a property that had 10,000 square foot lot and you could build 4,000 square foot house on it, or 4,200, 4,500 square foot house. They downzoned it to limited to 3,000 square feet, right? And then they saw it's a mansion. But that 1,200 square foot that you lost with today's money, $800, $900 a foot, is a million dollars. That's your retirement. That's what you were going to transfer to. Why did they do that? Because uh, many different reasons. Uh, First of all, people who have large homes and... uh, They don't want any any more large homes in the area, so their property values will stay up. McMansion, and, they stop. And the other ones, and the, the other one is that I don't want this in my neighborhood, right? Yet you have one in the neighborhood, but and that was my problem when I was on on different boards and commissions. And I don't think who every person who has the right to build I don't know, a four thousand square foot house will build four thousand square foot house by taking that right away from them. Is wrong. That's all about property values and property rights, basically. That's your fundamental right to you purchase the property with this zoning. When they're down zone, that's money out of your pocket. That's that's not just money, it's your retirement basically. It's your uh future of your children, basically. So it's a simple example, but there's sem- so many things like that has happened and I'm totally against it. Look what happened with the city of Burbank with some of these uh, mansions that were built. You would have a small 13, 14, 1500 square foot home and then next door to it, you would have this massive mansion. And Burbank passed a McMansion law Mm. or a bill where they could no longer build those massive, massive homes in certain neighborhoods and demographic or in certain neighborhoods and areas. When you say massive, massive, it was all... In relation to the size of the lot. Correct. So correct. But it's not like you had a 10,000 square foot lot. You can it, build You know what it was? 000. They looked at the neighborhood. They were like, oh, nice, cute home, cute home, cute home. Boom. There was like this massive home built next to it. And I get it. It, it kind of, uh, it, 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 it takes away from the look of the neighborhood. But I'm with Vartan as far as uh, property rights, man. You, well, we have. You, you buy it. You, you should yeah. be able to build whatever you want in that particular zoning. When they down zone stuff, I'm not a big fan of that. No, we have we have we addressed that many years ago with design guidelines and uh, neighborhood compatibility issues. Mm-hmm. So you can't build a big box that's overshadowing or overpowering the neighbors. You have to have more setbacks. The second story will set. We have design guidelines to address that. But the issue wasn't even that. The issue was, oh, it's, I think it's too many, too big of a house or. It doesn't belong here. It's a great house, but it doesn't belong here. Where does it no. belong? I don't know, but it doesn't belong here. So this kind of mentality is what takes your, 
you know, they, they have their, their hand in your pocket all the time. And that's what I have a problem with. No one will, I don't want a big, uh, box apartment looking, uh, big house next to me either. But when there are design guidelines, you have to follow it. When you have mm. codes, you have to follow it. Yeah, but those design guidelines aren't passing with ADUs <clears throat> now. You have ADUs being built in exactly. backyards with windows looking into neighbors' backyards. That's where, right. You know, you have neighbors and complaining, saying that, look, maybe I want to go out into my backyard and literally jump into my pool naked. But all of a sudden, there's an ADU from the neighbor's garage built up, like basically up to the second floor, and they have a window looking into my backyard. We and who approved these ADUs? The laws to to the same people who were who were elected locally and they moved up mm-hmm. to to state level mm-hmm. and they approved they downzoned our neighborhoods but they went up and said oh we need more for so <coughs> the total square footage could be sixty percent of your lot but as long as it's not one house it's an ADU right no even if no ADUs are totally different different. Uh, laws if you are maxed out let's say you can only have a 40 percent, and you have a ten thousand lot no no what i was going towards was more of the setback situation as far as not being able to like encroach onto a not encroach but like how did the setback have anything to do because what they would do is they would say well you need to be a certain distance from your neighbor's house you need to be a certain height you can't be if you're building a second floor you can't be that close to if uh, you're 10 feet setback or five feet what does that have to do with you peeking into my pool? Regardless, no, let me, let me still just, see no, my no, just no, no, explain no. it differently. No. Uh, for for years and decades, the residential neighborhoods they fought to have a, a, a uniformity in in their neighborhoods. They said, if you have a ten thousand square foot lot, you have to have forty percent or fifty percent landscaping. Your floor area ratio cannot be more than this. Your lot coverage of buildings cannot be more than a certain amount. Right. And ADUs came in and wiped everything out. That's Even what I'm you, saying. Yeah, so how if, does that make sense? It doesn't, but they passed it because they wanna they wanna show that it's all rea- reactive ordinances, right? They wanna show that they did something. Do you know anyone who built an ADU and gave it to a, a as an affordable housing to anybody? No. no. And that was the thing. Oh, it will be more affordable. When you want to build an ADU, it's going to cost you today's money. I don't know, $200, a foot, $250 a foot. How is it going to be affordable? Plus all the fees you have to pay, right? And But the fact that the residential neighborhoods got wiped out by one ordinance that the state passed like a blanket ordinance statewide, uh, it went against everything that everyone believed in in residential neighborhoods. You buy a house. Yet everybody's doing it. Because you, not everybody's doing it. I don't, thank God, in our neighborhood. Anybody you talk to, what are you up to? Eh, You know, building an ADU. Yeah, but it's like that's, the, it's like the what is new, it's like what the is new that? weed. What's an ADU? It's like yeah. the new weed. Everybody, you know, oh yeah, I grow weed yeah, in the garage. Now yeah. we're, ah, we're building an ADU. But okay. the, 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 the idea is that the point is that people who got elected locally based on residential, protecting residential neighborhoods, they moved up to state level and they went 180 degrees against what they were elected for in the beginning and forced these ADUs. Now they have SB9, SB10, 
that you yeah, can you just build subdivide. apartments everywhere. <laughs> Not apartments, but you can subdivide your lot and, and sell it. They said they said the smallest lot could be twelve hundred square feet. I'm like, what can you build on twelve hundred square feet? An idea, you know. And, <laughs> sure. and and they said you can subdivide your lot and you can build two houses on each. So one residential house will become two houses with two ADUs at least. And and then you got you have to worry about. Uh, giving them an easement through your property to get to their property and all this stuff, right? Yeah, if you have a lot and you divide it into two, of course, it's your lot right now. You have you own two lots, but you give easement from one to another. Yeah. And the other problem is the parking. They took all the parking requirements out. And for ADUs, you don't have to provide the parking, right? You, when you I can, built mine, you had to provide it and a charging station too for electrical cars. You said this you don't even know what ADU is. Now you say, <laughs> come on, really? <laughs> he, he built the Altana. He's a developer. He's a developer. He has a share in it. Generational wealth. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we need we need to uh, address the elephant in the room because we got asked this eight million times. Are you are you liberal or conservative? I'm not liberal. I'm I'm conservative. I'm a registered Republican. I'm 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 conservative. I'm not extreme to one side or another, but I'm a I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, if you ask me, that's what I'm I'm not gonna dance around it. I'm not gonna shy away from it. I mean he answered the gender um, question. That should have been enough. Yeah, the right. gender question I think gave it all away, guys. You don't think so? The man believes in two genders. And, b- and by the way, guys, Jordan is going to be on the show end of February. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Gray James and uh, Jennifer. He slipped. Jordan's next week, bro. No. Uh, Changes? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't have a schedule. Uh, Jordan's end of the end of the month. Um, we'll talk about Jennifer. He slipped and Gray James then when uh, Jordan comes in. No. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. I'm just going off the calendar, bro. But yeah, anyways. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> See, Bonton, anything anything else? No, I mean if there are questions they want to ask questions, I'm arm you. Uh, like Ross Perot used to say, I'm all ears. <laughs> oh, you're gonna I, get Andrew sure excited. Sure excited about that. That's my card. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think it here here's the issue that I have with our community and the concern that I have is that for example we can talk about we can complain and say you know what in Glendale um, there should never pass a law that allows us to open cannabis stores right in Glendale yeah because it's you know it's not family friendly well the moment you prove it everybody that said that will be in line to be the first one to open it same thing with ADUs, same thing with everything else. We, we, we complain about everything. We don't vote for anything. We expect change. And then when something we don't agree with happens and we're like, well, this shouldn't have happened, but you know what? We're going to be the first to capitalize on it. It's like yeah. that, that's what I don't understand is I, I, at the end of the day, again, because we're such a small city, we can make an impact as long as we come together. And, we still lack that. We don't come together. As Ed Tarosian was saying, because he's been canvassing for, you know, James Clark and Alex uh, Balikian, like, 
A lot of people you knock on their doors, they're just careless. They could care less if they vote, they get involved or that not. That is a know. problem. Look, uh, I can I can tell you from my experience, uh, as far as the cannabis goes and uh, the dispensary especially, people who people that I knew who voted for, they didn't even want dispensaries. They just wanted to, because the way it was written, it's so glamorous. It's a glorious uh, ordinance. The first they talk about, they, they spend the money on anti-drug uh, education for kids, then for enforcement for police officers, and then it comes, they, you know, they sell it and do this, that, the other cultivation and, and everything else. People who voted for it, they didn't want dispensaries in Glendale. They said, no, I can order online for example, right? If I want to smoke, I can go to LA Eagle Rock and get it. They didn't, they just wanted to, the way it was written was, it kind of deceived people into voting into it. Uh, and they said, oh, we're going to tax the heck out of it. Now everybody's crying because 30, 40% tax on any item, who's going to who's gonna buy an item and pay 40%, 30% tax on it? So, I knew some people in Verdugo Woodlands who voted for it. They said, I said, how about this little place on, on, on Verdugo? There's three stores and one of them was an old uh, gas station at some time. It's a restaurant. I said, how about if they put a dispensary here? They said, no, we're going to hang you. There's no way. We don't want that in here. So, but as far as the people being passive, you know, I can tell you about, you know, some of the, the immigrant families that they came to this country whether you're from Iran, Iraq, Armenia, Russia, or, or whatever, Venezuela, they always said ah, they will they will elect whoever they want. Our, our because that's doesn't. what they've seen. That's what I'm saying. And they they they, they and say, the weird part is Vartan, we're going to what they have seen. We we're have headed to in stop that direction. It. You have to stop it by voting. If you don't participate, you cannot complain. So it's so not about I, voting. It's about who's counting the votes. It's about it's everything. a very important I, I understand. topic. No, no, I understand that. But I think by us being passive and say, "Oh, my vote doesn't matter," yes, it does. I believe in it. As I said, there are fifty, sixty thousand, maybe more, sixty thousand registered voters in Glendale who are Republican and decline to state. Mm-hmm. If they don't participate, yeah. you can't blame. Democrats for winning if you don't participate. For example, and this seat has never been a partisan seat. This was a nonpartisan seat forever until 2016, 2017, when they brought the dirty politics of Washington to Glendale to make political points. They made it a Republican and a Democrat issue. Well, that's and not, it wasn't they, it was Dan. Dan and a few other people. It's not, it wasn't just Dan, uh, it, it was a Dan. Co- collective. You know, effort to push the Washington politics in Glendale and make everything. A, none of these dispositions were partisan positions. You know, mm-hmm. Nobody asked you if you're a Republican or a Democrat running for city council. But now it's divided that way. Yeah. So if you want common sense, balance back to Glendale, city council, number one on the ballot, Bartan Garpentian. Vote for me, I will bring it back. And Ed, to address what you said, on a national scale, I agree. On a even statewide, when you have 10, 12 million people voting, yes. It's very easy for them to skew the numbers and very yeah, difficult absolutely. for us to Not figure locally. it. When you have, what, how many people voted last election total? You said 
thirty or thirty-seven, eight thousand. That's okay. fine. I will agree so with you guys. Wait, but if it was the same way where Glendale, you would go by eleven p.m. that night, you would get a result. I completely agree, agree with you. We need better turnout. But when you're taking three months to count thirty-eight thousand votes, something's going on in the background. Look, I don't if, trust it. That's the thing. If he, he here's the challenge. If there's 40,000 voters, right? For argument's sake, even number, 40,000. Yes. And it was 19,000 against 21,000, for example. And they're like, all right, it's only 1,000 vote difference. We push it a little bit, we'll win, right? Whoever's the cheating side. But if you've got everybody that, sh not everybody, a higher percentage that shows up and votes, now it's 26,000 against 14,000. That fourteen thousand, they can't skew it up twelve thousand. I would agree. That's doubling with you. your vote. I would agree with you on everything you're saying, except I actually believed in the local elections. I believed in it even with the voting going to LA. But when Ellen won an election, I was done. I'm done. The fact that Ellen won an election, I'm done. She represents Armenians in Glendale. That's sad. And now that she's running for assembly. Really? Not gonna win. No, no, no. Like, it's not about the fact that she's gonna win or not. Let me make another point. It's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work. That's sad on that, when Ellen is someone that's representing. It's not gonna work on you, that bro. scale. She's it's representing gonna, you. It's not it's gonna sad. work on that scale. That scale is not gonna work. And another thing that surprises me: our Armenian community, this bunch of people that are willing to take just take photo ops with this person. She's that smart, and she's city council like, today, bro. It's sad. Well, let me let me put it this way: If you have one hundred and twenty-five thousand registered voters in Glendale, and uh, forty thousand participate, right, and some of the candidates lost their elections by two hundred votes, who, who you can't blame the other side all the time. You have to look into what else can be done. You have 125,000 voters, 40,000 voters. And some candidates lost by 200 votes, some by 500, what, what, 1,000 votes. You can always have, make a difference by participating. And I think if you own a you know, little business, I'm not talking about, when you talk about business, they say, oh, all these mansions, no. Um, you know, I was endorsed by BizFed, which is a, large organization but all of their members represent small businesses and if there is no business there is no economy you, you can't have an economy without small business they are the ones who are hiring the most 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 of the people the labor force also i was endorsed by glendale police officers association glendale firefighters association because they believe in me that i can work with them to bring that keep glendale safe and make it even better the near future it has to be it has to come from the top the the pd cannot do it itself they can the fire fire department also glendale uh, employee associations they endorse me these are the ones who are working class people mm -hmm. the, the ones that they maintain the streets clean the sewer maintain the parks they get up on that power pole two o'clock in the morning when it's raining and the power is out and they, they they're the the, the the people who restore your power so they endorse me as well. So I know, and I'm not taking any money from any of these associations that they're going to ask. 
I'm endorsed by them. I'm not taking any any endorsement. I mean, any money. funding from money from them, uh, contributions from them, because I want to keep it clean. That's all. But the reason that and Glendale Association of Realtors endorsed me, and I'm proud of it. I'm a realtor. Look, we everybody you know knows a realtor. Everybody you know dealt with the. I think if all the realtors just voted for you, you could win. There are <laughs> there are thirteen hundred. No, no. In Glendale, we have thirteen hundred uh, registered voters, realtors yeah. that, who are registered voters. Thirteen hundred. That's right. Get involved and vote. Shit. Don't don't just I complain. I more honestly. More. Yeah. Boy, thirteen hundred realtors. Glendale. Glendale city. Glendale. One city. Yeah. No. no, we How have crazy. more members, but thirteen hundred are registered to vote. How many PI attorneys are registered? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> I can, uh, I can uh, give you all the stats on different, different, you know, ethnicities and backgrounds and everything because I, I, I'm I, a different kind of candidate. I do my research. I want You do your homework before my, you. Yeah, yeah. My, my homework. And uh, I want to know who stands. I want to encourage everyone to get elected. I mean, uh, get get involved and, and in this election and vote because if you don't vote, it's always easy to complain. It's always easy to point finger at others and yeah. say, oh, you did a you know crappy job, but you need to get involved and vote for Wartan Garpetian, number one on the ballot. How'd you, how'd you, who'd you pay for pulling yeah. that Pure out? luck, pure luck. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lottery. It's a lottery. It's a lottery and you can't go and watch that as well. Nice. For a guy so, who doesn't believe in elections, sure knows a lot about it. The lottery, I knew that part. What else? Uh, do you know? I don't know much, bro. We've been doing this for five years. What do I know? Teacher what do I know? sensei. What do I know? Guys, years? election is on March 5th of this year. Uh, if you haven't gotten your ballots in, reach out to LA County uh, to make sure your ballot will be delivered to you. Um, if you're going to be voting in person, March 5th, your local polling station will be hosting ballot, will be hosting uh, elections. And then if you're going to be voting by mail, track your ballots, make sure you know uh, where your ballot is at all times. Um, if you want to reach out to Vartan, Vartan, if they want to reach out to you, how can yeah, you... they can, they can call our office. Uh, we always answer the phone 818-396-5266, 818-396-5266. Our office is on, uh, Broadway and Adams, 1016 East Broadway, unit 207. If they want to come to our office, the door is open from 10 o'clock until six, seven at night. You can come and ask any questions, whatever, whatever you need. There you go. We do have one last question for you. So there's two positions available for city council. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vartan, let's say you're voting for yourself on the first choice. Can you vote for yourself? Yeah, of course you can. Of course. course. And then who who would you pick for your second person? I'm not going to tell you that. I never tell who I vote for. Remember the three things you don't ask? How much you make? Uh-huh. Who you vote for? How much money do you make? <laughs> it's also that's easier to Vartan answer than it's also my job. that right away? But it's also my job to ask. No, I understand. See, I, don't, the, I don't blame you for the trying. Actual but, media has stopped doing yeah. their job, so we've yeah. taken over. No, I understand. The media is already wasted. I don't, waste, I don't you for How trying. How much money do you make, Mister Media? Well, it's your fault. You've been you haven't been giving me big checks from Wiseness lately, bro. Jeez. I'll play that Dave Chappelle clip for you guys. Uh, I need my bar- check. Barbershop and politics. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, it's hilarious. But anyways, uh, guys, today's episode will be up and running on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major platforms tomorrow. Again, if you haven't registered to vote or if you haven't gotten your ballot, please, 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 please do so ASAP. This is a very, very important election. 
Vartan, thank you so much for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck in your election. Uh, everybody else, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next Monday. Even Ellen also at the end? No. Thank you Never. so much for, for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Vartan. Thank you, Vartan. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.